0: Hello everybody, this is Monica, welcoming you to another Sunday afternoon of the Afternoon Radio Theater Sunday, and I'm here with my guru, Victor.
1: Merry Christmas.
0: And we want to welcome you, we're doing, right now we're doing Christmas shows the whole month of December, so uh, just sit back with us, take your shoes off, and enjoy yourself. If you like what you hear, um, we're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Uh, you can go up there and comment. Uh, we'd be glad to have comments, suggestions. And uh, if you don't like doing any of that stuff, you can catch us on any podcast. We're on all of them. Spotify, QCAST, Apple. Um... Even Alexa will go get them. Um, so, anyway, um, the first one that we're going to do is, um, and uh, at the end of the show, I'll tell you how you can contact us, um, like I've been doing. But anyway, this first one is, uh, it's kind of, it's for the kiddos. Um, it's the Aldridge family. Selling Christmas cards And the Aldridge family Henry Aldridge He's, he's always this well-meaning He reminds me of uh, Dennis the Menace Except he's a little older He's, he's this well-meaning kid That's always he, he he wants to start out to do something good But then he'll always get it Messed up somewhere along the line And uh, He has this kid that's with him I forgot what his name is And he always he tries to straighten him up But uh, you know Henry, he kind of always thinks he's right, but <laughs> uh, anyway, this one's called uh, Selling Christmas Cards, and hope you like it.
2: The Aldrich Family, based on characters originated by Clifford Goldsmith, and starring Ezra Stone as Henry with Jackie Kelk as Homer.
3: Henry, Henry Aldrich, coming, mother. <laughs>
2: Schofield, Tom Sawyer, Huck Finn. They're more than just characters in books, for the things they say and do are the things real boys say and do. And Henry Aldrich is another of these typical American youngsters. A boy from your own block, perhaps from your own home. Now our scene opens at the Aldrich Telephone.
4: Hello, operator, I
3: want Elm 629. Elm 629. Henry, tell him exactly what you think of him. He they must have arrived by now. Number please. Operator, I just gave it to you. Elm 629. Henry! Yes, Father? Are you still with that telephone? No, sir. I'm still trying to get my number.
2: Hello, Centerville Station.
3: This is Henry Oldridge. I sent away for a package about ten days ago, and I wonder whether it's come yet. A package? Yes, sir. It's some Christmas cards. Did you say Christmas cards? Yes, sir.
2: Well, if you check them that long ago, they've probably been thrown out by now.
3: What's that? Oh, I didn't check them. I'm still waiting for them. How's that? They're samples for next Christmas. Homer Brown and I are going to sell them from house to house, only they're not here yet and we're worried. Give him the deuce, Henry.
2: While you're talking with the ticket office, hold the line and I'll connect you with the express department.
3: Well, that's what I want to talk to. Gee whiz. What does he say, Henry? He's switching me. He thinks they may have been thrown out. Thrown out? What does he think we're going to show people for samples? Hello,
2: Centerville Express
3: office. Hello, do you have any Christmas cards there? What's that? What did you want? This is Henry Aldridge. Henry Aldridge isn't here. I know it. He's here. Who is? Does he want to speak to me, Henry? Let go of the receiver, Homer. You're twisting me. Hello, hello. Did you want the Centerville Express office? Yes. Have Henry Aldridge's Christmas cards come? What's that? Will you speak a little louder, please? Where are my Christmas cards? You know, it's a funny thing, but it sounds
2: as though you keep saying Christmas cards. I am. They were sent by Express. Well, this is a fine time to be calling us. You should have reported it last January. But I just ordered them in May. Well, why don't you come
3: down here sometime and fill out a tracer? But, gee was don't you realize there's a war bond drive on? What's that? We don't get those samples. We can't get any orders to buy bonds with. I'm sorry, but you'll have to come down. But wait, I... Hello? Hello? That's telling him where to get off, Henry. Imagine. Henry? Yes, Father? Are you through? Yes, sir, for a second. Could we ask you something? Not until I put in my call. But it's important. What's it about? Why, uh, Christmas, Mr. Aldrich.
2: Will you, boys, please get away from this phone? Yes, Father.
3: Will you let us know as soon as you can discuss it, Mr. Aldrich? Sam! Yes,
2: Alice. I'm going to phone Mr. Thomas.
3: What are you going to say to him, Sam? I'm
2: going to ask him quite frankly why he can't attend a few more committee meetings. You aren't going to say anything you'll be sorry for, are you? I'm not going to be one bit sorry. Here we are, ready to start a big bond club drive. Everybody's for it, they think it's a fine thing. But a few in this town aren't doing anything about it.
3: Isn't Mr. Howard helping?
2: He is not. There's another example. We have a chance to get some war bond show cards at cost. And Mr. Howard, the treasurer of the committee, can't show enough interest to make up his mind as to how many show cards we need.
3: Well, dear, if I were you, I'd resign from the committee. And
2: call off the war?
3: Well, you can't find it single-handed. Father? Yes?
2: Alice, where's the phone book? It's
3: right there on the stand. I know you've got a lot on your mind, Father, but would it be all right if I should ask you just one thing? What about it? Christmas, remember? Christmas? Yes, sir. Have you bought your cards yet?
2: Henry, will you please step out of my life while I look up this number?
3: Hello, operator. I want Elm 232. Now, wait a minute. I just thought I'd ask my mother whether I can go down to the express office. Father, where are you going?
2: Down to the office. and Put in the call. Now, then, uh, tell me once more why you came down here to the express
3: office. Well, I'm Henry Aldridge, and my
0: friend and I are going to
3: sell Christmas cards, see? Say that again, please. You're doing what? We're selling Christmas cards for next Christmas. Oh, and well, I wouldn't be interested. Well, wait. <laughs> you told us to come down here. Here's the whole thing. We sent away for some samples, see? We're going to take orders, but you don't have to put any money down until September 1st, and we'd like to know where they are. Is that clear? Yes. Where what are Our Christmas card! Henry, maybe i better explain it to him. No, Homer, you'll only confuse him. All I
2: know is there's nothing like that here.
3: Well, what are we going to do? Here it is June and Christmas is getting closer every month. I'll say. Gee whiz, we're going to use all the profits to join the War Barn Club.
2: You are? Well, I'll take a good look, but I'm pretty sure that if there were any
3: Christmas cards in this office, I'd know about it. Could one of you boys help me with this package, please? Yeah, sure. Hello, Mrs. Howard. Hello, Henry. Oh, thank you so much. That's all right. This is heavy, isn't it? Thank you. I always said you were a gentleman. Well, thank you, Mrs. Howard. Would you... Would you be interested in some samples of Christmas cards... Provided we can find them. <laughs> That's very funny. What is? No, really, Mrs. Howard. We're selling them for bonds. For what? Don't you know? War bonds. We're going to give 10% of our income. Wouldn't you like to have us come over as soon as our samples come and take an order? You want me to sit down on a hot day like this and pick out my Christmas cards for next winter? Why not? And, Mrs. Howard, I guess we haven't made ourselves clear. What they do is print your name on each card. That's what takes the time. Sure. Especially if they print it in Old English. You mean it takes six months? Well, if you want it done right, it does. And, Mrs. Howard, if you put it off, the first thing you know, snow will be falling and the Christmas bells will be ringing. My goodness, what's that? What's what... Oh, just a freight train. Oh. (laughs) Couldn't we interest you, Mrs. Howard? Just to sort of help our drive. Well, do you have any playing cards that aren't too fancy with just Merry Christmas on them? Oh, yes, I'm pretty sure we have. And they're cheap. I think. Well, I'll tell you what you do. Mr. Howard does all the ordering, so you phone him, and if it's all right with him, it's all right with me. Well, thanks very much. Do you want your name printed in Old English? Yes, you might as well, as long as we've got plenty of time. Say, Henry, there's no ship in here that I can locate. You're sure? Oh, Mr. Harris, I want to send that box of books there, collect. It's all marked and everything. Yes, ma'am. You want to wait for a receipt? No, I'm in a hurry. I want to get home before I get stuck in a snowdrift. What's that? What's that? Merry Christmas. (laughs) What did she say? It's all right. Are you sure our package isn't here? Yes, sir. Because, see, how are we going to buy bonds if we can't go to work? You're buying bonds? Sure. That's what this whole thing is about. Sure. Henry and I are having a drive. In conjunction with the rest of the town? Oh, sure.
2: Well, I didn't know it was that important. Now, you say your package was shipped about how long ago?
3: Ten days ago. Wouldn't you say home? That's the way I figure
2: it. I see. Do you know whether it had anything breakable in it?
3: Breakable? Yes, and a glass. Glass? No, I wouldn't say so. Would you, Homer? No, I've never seen a glass one that I can remember. No, I'd say definitely no glass. Uh Well, let's fill out one of these blanks here and see whether we can get a tracer started. And please make it urgent. Oh, yes. And add no glass. Do you think it'll take very long? Because until it gets here, we're practically at a standstill.
2: Well, I don't suppose I ought to do it, but since it's connected with the bond club drive, I'll send the main express office a wire. Hello? Hello? Is this Mr. Bush's office? Mr. Bush? This is Sam Ulrich. Day, I was just talking with Ted Thomas. I asked him to do a little work on this bond club committee, and he seemed very much pleased. Yes? In fact, he said he was for it 100%. Fine. But the only thing is, he says he's sorry. He has a couple of other things that he's going to have to give his time to, and he suggested you take his place. And uh, that's for the bond committee, Sam? Yes. Uh, that's fine. That's uh, just fine. Glad to have the opportunity. In fact, I'm 500% for it. Well, that's fine. Now I tell you what we want you to do. Now, no, wait, Sam. Wait. Before we get too far into this, I... Unfortunately, I have a lot of work on my desk. It's already way behind. You have? Yeah. Yes, yeah, I'm a little ashamed of myself to let it go this far, especially at a time like this. I see. I'll tell you what I'll do. Get hold of John Clark. He's the man for you. John Clark? Yes, yeah, yes. I was having lunch with him yesterday. He was saying he wished he could do something to help out. He said he felt so useless. He did? Well, that's fine. As a matter of fact, Sam, why don't you call him yourself? Easy for you to make direct contact. All right, thanks. Oh, that's okay, Sam. Anything else I can do, don't hesitate
3: calling. Fine. Goodbye. Goodbye. Well, that's
2: a fine thing.
3: Here's a letter for you, Mr. Aldridge. Thank you.
2: Put it on my desk.
3: Is Mr. Bush against the bond drive?
2: No, no. He's very much for it. In fact, he's 500% for it. That's more than anyone else I've called up this morning. Did you talk to Mr. Howard?
3: Yes. He said he doesn't think a thousand show cards are necessary to advertise the bond drive. What
2: does he want us to do? Keep it a secret?
3: Well, he said he wants to think it over and you are to call him back. Are you going to ask Mr. Clark to help you?
2: Not right away. I'm going to sit down and rest a minute.
3: Henry, let's see the telegram. Express Company, Sanders. I still can't believe it, Homer. Read it again. It says Aldridge, Centerville have no record shipment of Christmas trees this year. Wire further details, collect. Well, if that isn't the darndest thing, how could people be so dumb, Henry? What do you think we ought to say in reply? Tell them we can't understand their telegram. Will they please wire us more details? Well, that isn't going to get us anywhere, Homer. We've got to send them a very careful explanation. All right, only I don't know how we're going to do it in ten words. Why should we worry about ten words? They say send it, collect. You got a pencil? Sure, what'll we say? Gentlemen. Gentlemen. Then how about... Don't want Christmas trees. Sure, that will tell them. We cannot purchase war bonds because order we placed ten days ago has not arrived. Sure. Have you misplaced Christmas cards? Some of those were New Year's cards, Homer. They were. Let's just say, have you misplaced holiday greetings? That's good. That'll tell a whole story. Here, Homer, take it over to the ticket office and finish writing it down while I phone Mr. Howard. What for? Tell him his wife wants him to place an order with us. You know, the more I think about this telegram, the better I like it. What's Mr. Howard's number? 855. 855? Five. Eight, eight five five? Sure. Number, please. Uh, Elm, 855. Five. Elm, 855. Henry, do you think we ought to cut out any of this just to reduce the cost? What do you think? Well, the only word that isn't necessary is Gentlemen. Why do they have to pay to be called a thing like that? Okay, scratch it out. Mr. Howard speaking. Hello, this is Henry Aldridge. What did
2: you say, Aldridge? Yes, sir. Oh, yes. Uh, you're calling about the cards, aren't you, Aldridge?
3: The cards? Yes, sir. Oh, that's
2: a coincidence. I was just sitting here thinking about them.
3: You were? About how large are they? Well, I'm sorry, but the samples aren't here yet.
2: Have you any ideas for the price?
3: You mean by the dozen? Oh,
2: you aren't trying to be sarcastic, are you, Aldridge? What's that? Well, I'll tell you what I'll do with you. If your heart's set on it, I'll settle for 500.
3: What's that?
2: Not one more. That's all we have.
3: 500? That's right. Well, what kind of lettering would you like on them? Something in the way of Old English?
2: Old English? Uh, Don't you think block letters would be easier to read at a distance?
3: At a distance?
2: Well, they're going to be tacked up on telephone poles, aren't they?
3: Are they? Is this Mr. Howard?
2: Yes, this is still Mr. Howard. Are you sure you want 500? Yes, sir. We can cover this town easily with that. Goodbye.
3: Homer! Homer! Gee whiz, we've got to send another telegram to the express company and hurry them up. Why? Mr. Howard's taking 500. In old English?
2: Have you seen this, Joe? What is it? The adjustment desk sent it up to us. It's a telegram from Centerville, signed Aldrich. And what's it about? Well, I don't understand it. It says, don't want Christmas trees. Cannot purchase war bonds because order placed ten days ago not arrived. Have you misplaced holiday greetings? Well, that's clear enough. What sense do you make out of it? Oh, they're having some kind of a bond drive. But what are they using Christmas trees for? Don't ask me. uh, Probably for decorations. And they decided it was a bad idea. But we don't have any shipment of trees. All right, fine. And everybody's happy. Hey, but Joe, why do they say, have you misplaced holiday greetings? Hey, what's that? Isn't that a period right after misplaced? Is that a period? Sure. But it ought to be a question mark. Here's how it goes Cannot purchase war bonds because order placed ten days ago has not arrived. Have you misplaced? Question mark. Holiday greetings. (laughs) Order. What are the holiday greetings for? I don't know. Isn't next Sunday Father's Day? <laughs> sure, but how do they know I'm a father? And look at this, Joe. What they're looking for is a shipment of bonds. Of war bonds? Yeah, it says so right there. The driver's held up because we misplaced the shipment. Chief, Bill, that's a pretty serious thing. Uh, telegram, Mr. Cooper. Now, what's this one about? I don't know, but it's marked right. Oh, it's another one from Aldrich. It says, must have shipment. Have sold 500. Holiday greetings. Polite guy, isn't he? We're gonna get into trouble, Bill. You better send that up to the superintendent and let him try to figure it out. Getting back to the troubles of Henry Aldrich. Henry and Homer had planned to take orders for Christmas cards in order to make enough money to buy a war bond. When the samples for the cards did not arrive, they wired the express company. They wired a second time. While the boys are waiting at the station for a second reply, the scene opens in Mr. Aldrich's office. Hello? Is this John Clark? This is Mr. Clark. Well, This is Sam Ulrich, John. Yes? I was talking with Mr. Bush this morning about our bond drive. I wanted him to do some work on one of the committees. Yes? Is he going to? Well, he wants to. He's for us 500%. But he's tied up right now, and he suggested I call you and see whether you couldn't help us out. Well, that's fine. That's fine. I'm glad you called. Good. Now I'll tell you what we'd like to have you do. Uh, Now, wait, Sam. Uh, Is this something that has to be done in the next few days? Yes, it'll have to be. Well, that's too bad, Uh, because after next week, I could give you all the time you want. But you can't right now. Well, you know how things are in my business, Sam. I'm with your heart and soul, but my hands are tied. I see. You know me, Sam. I'm for this drive a thousand percent. I wish you luck. Goodbye. Goodbye.
3: Here's the box that just arrived, Mr. Aldridge.
2: A box? What's in it?
3: A supply of 10% pledge buttons for the bond drive.
2: Are they all 10% Are any of them a 1,000%? Hello, Sam Aldridge speaking. Now, this is Howard. Yes, Howard. Sorry I was out when you called, but I got your message. My message? Yes, and I don't understand it. What message are you referring to? Whether I prefer red or green envelopes. For what? For the cards, the show cards. Why would we want envelopes for them? That's what I'm asking you. Oh, we certainly don't want to go to the expense of ordering a thousand envelopes. A thousand? Now, look here, Aldrich, we agreed to order only 500 cards. Oh, we did? So let's not spend any more time discussing it. I've got a lot of things on my mind. Are you too busy to come to a meeting at two? I'm afraid I am, Sam. I've got a late luncheon engagement. But you call me when it's over and let me know what you did. Yes, of course. Goodbye, Sam. Goodbye. Sam! Alice, what are you doing down here at the office?
3: Sam, I thought we were to meet for lunch. I've been waiting in front of the Emporium for half an hour for I'm you. I'm
2: sorry, Alice, but I've got work to do on the Bond Club parade.
3: Dear, do you have to work this hard? Why can't Henry help you? Now,
2: Alice, what good can one boy do?
3: Read it again, Henry. I've already read it four times, huh? Well, read it again. I can't believe it. Aldridge, Centerville, greetings to you. Entire force trying to trace shipment for bond drive. If unable, locate advise reordering through Treasury Department. Please wire further wishes. They're crazy, Henry. And it's signed by the general superintendent. Well, that's what's the trouble. Do you know what my father does when he can't get action? What? He goes straight to the president of the company. Does that help? Sure. Let me have your pencil. Here. Gee was don't they realize we're losing orders left and right? And, Henry, what about the big parade? We don't want to ride on the float if we haven't even bought our barn. That's what what I say. What are you writing? President of the Express Company. Time is growing short. Now, how about time is shortening? Yeah, time is shortening. Losing orders. What will we do about barn parade? Please send greetings. That's telling them, Homer. Do you think it's clear? Clear? Why, it's as plain as day. And look, just as soon as we've sent this, let's call Mr. Howard again. What for? I just thought of something else we forgot to ask him. (laughs) Thank you.
2: He calls while I was out for
3: lunch, Miss Graham. Yes, Mr. Howard. Mr. Aldrich's son phoned. His son? What did he want? He's apparently helping his father. He wanted to know whether you want your middle initial printed on the card. On what cards? On the show cards, I imagine, for the bond drive. They're going to print my name on them? I imagine they are. I'm supposed to call Mr. Aldrich back. Well, I didn't realize they were going to do anything like that. The Aldrich boy asked about Mrs. Howard, too, but I explained that she has nothing to do with this. That's yes,
2: fine. Uh, Miss Gray, now, uh, how many of those cards did I tell you to order?
3: 500. Yes,
2: well, I don't think 500 will be enough. Do you?
3: I don't know, sir. As a matter
2: of fact, that would be anywhere near enough. Now here's what you do. Call Sam Aldrich, see?
3: Yes, sir. Tell
2: him we want at least a thousand cards.
3: With or without your middle initial.
2: If he doesn't mention it, don't you. After all, I don't want him to think my name has anything to do with doubling the order. Yes, sir. Besides, I don't really care whether the J, the J is in or not.
3: Yes, Mr. Howard. Mr. Aldrich. Yes, Miss Thompson. The editor of the Times is here. He wants you to go over some coffee with him.
2: Yes, of course. Tom, come on in. Oh, hello, Sam. I just stopped by to show you the story about the bond driver running tonight's paper. Fine, fine. Better give it the front page. Nearly half a column. Yes, half a column. You couldn't spare any more than that? Well, half a column's quite a bit, Sam. Tell the whole story. The only but... thing oh, is... Sam, you know me. I'm for this drive, but I can't overdo it. After all, my subscribers expect to find some news in the paper. The only thing is, Tom, the other paper's going to give their entire front page. We need the same from you. You mean some of the folks are against this drive? No, most of this town is working its head off. But there are a few, Tom, that need waking up. They're the ones we've got to sell on investing 10% of their income for the rest of this war. Oh, don't you worry, Sam. Everything's going to be fine. Uh, excuse me. Hello, Sam speaking. Uh, Aldridge speaking. Mr. Aldrich, is the Centerville station. we got a telegram here for you. A telegram for me? I think it's for you. It came in while I was out. It says, Aldrich, Centerville. Now, go ahead. Who's it from? Uh, the president of the express company. From whom? What's he say? What's it about? Uh, he says, uh, Greetings. I am doing everything in my power to facilitate your bond drive. If you do not get fullest cooperation from our local representative, please wire. Well, well, then you say that's from the president himself. Yeah. And he's doing everything in his power to facilitate our bond drive. Yeah. And what's the rest if we do not get fullest cooperation from local representatives, please wire? Yeah.
5: And greetings.
2: Greetings. Yeah, but that's not the important part. And you say it's signed by the President? Yes, sir. Are you sure that's for me? It's addressed to Aldrich. Well, then I guess it is. Uh-huh. Yeah, goodbye, Mr. Aldrich. Goodbye. Well, Sam. But that, Tom? Isn't everybody that gets a telegram like that? I beg your pardon? Now, tell me frankly, Sam. About how much space do you think this paper ought to give to make this drive a success? Well, to tell the truth, that should be up to you. But we'd like a lot more than we're getting, a great deal more. And frankly, Sam, I think you should have it. Oh, excuse me, Hello, Sam Orridge speaking.
3: Well, Mr. Oldridge, this is Mr. Howard's secretary. Yes? Mr. Howard wanted me to tell you that if you feel we need a thousand of those show cards, it's all right.
2: Yes? Well, I'm glad he came around to my point of view. <laughs> I'm just sorry I didn't ask for 1500
3: Well, I think it would be all right if you ordered 1500
2: You mean it's all right with Mr. Howard? Oh,
3: yes. And print them any way you want to.
2: Yes? Well, that's fine. Right, Sam, may I speak with Howard? Uh, Miss Gray, is Mr. Howard there? Well,
3: just a minute. I'll call him. Yeah, Tom. Right. Mr.
2: Aldrich,
3: there's a gentleman in the outer office that wants to see you. To see me? From the express company. Yeah? Uh, excuse me, Tom. I'll
2: be right back. Hello? Uh, Howard, this is Tom from over at the time. Yes? Did you know that Sam Aldrich just got a personal wire from the president? No. Yes. And he told Sam that he doesn't get the fullest cooperation from us, he wants them. Hello? Hello, is this Clark? Yes. Well, Clark, this is White. Say, you know that golf game we were going to have tomorrow? Yes. Well, would you mind out postponing it for a couple of weeks? I'm going to be pretty busy on the bond club drive. Oh, you are? Oh, yes, yes. I don't know whether you know it or not, but the president's taking a personal interest in it. Sam Aldrich got a wire from Washington and confidentially.
3: <laughs> Mr. Howard, I have your wife on the phone now. Thank
2: you. Uh, hello, Jenny.
3: Yes? This
2: is J.J. I won't be home for dinner, Jen. Why
3: not?
2: I've got to do some work on the bond committee probably be midnight before I get home.
3: But, J.J., I've arranged a bridge game for tonight.
2: Well, cancel it. The bond drive's more important.
3: Yes, dear. Oh, has Henry Aldrich been in touch with you? No. What about? Christmas cards.
2: Jenny, this is no time to think about Christmas cards. Goodbye. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Is this Sam Aldrich? Yes. Well, this is Clark. Say, Sam, why didn't you call me again? What about? The bond drive. We can't sit back and expect you to carry the whole load. Well, I certainly appreciate that. Don't you think we ought to talk the folks into investing 15% each week instead of just 10? Well,
3: we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Extra, extra, pay your extra time, to Read all about the bond drive for ink. Extra, paper. extra All about the bond drive. Extra, paper. it's going by. On. Which one? The one just coming up to the reviewing stand. Oh,
2: yes, yes, very good.
3: Is the float that Henry and Homer are on in sight yet? Uh, not yet.
2: They ought to be along in a minute, though.
3: The Sandwich which company here in town bought the most bonds? The express company. The express company?
2: Yes, for some reason, the main office in Chicago wired that they'd be willing to thump the pledge of any firm in town. Well, what's that
3: nice,
2: Hey, you know those shoe cars, it O'Kay, but pretty nice. Well, They
3: put them oh, incidentally, don't let me forget to tell Henry when he gets home There's a package at the house from the Excelsior Greeting Card Company Yes? Yes, it came this morning by parcel post Yes? Sam! Sam, here comes the bloke that Henry's on Where? Way down the street See him, Sam? See him? Oh, yes Sam, when to get the truck?
2: The express company loaned it
3: <laughs> but Sam, why are Henry and Homer in truck too?
2: they They're supposed to be relay races, Alice, don't you see?
3: Oh, oh, yes, isn't that nice? What is that that Henry's handing over to Homer? A
2: torch, Alice. See the sign above them? They represent the spirit of total effort. Of total what? Effort, Alice. Effort. This drive is the greatest thing this town has ever had. Listen again next week same time same station for another sparkling half hour with your favorite youngster his family and his pals The Aldrich Family starring Ezra Stone is written by Clifford Goldsmith
0: This next one is Abbott and Costello just simply entitled Christmas Show and if you know anything about Abbott and Costello they're funny guys um Victor likes Abbott and Costello. I love Lesnar. A lot of still. people. Yeah, I know you do. And uh, so I kind of picked it for him, but I know a lot of people love Abbott and Costello. So kick back and enjoy the show.
1: The Abbott and Costello program. <laughs> the
2: Abbott and Costello program with a modern rhythm of Will Osborne's orchestra, Iris Adrian, our singing star Connie Haynes. <laughs> And
6: spotlighting that chunky, chubby little cherub, who, when caught asking a neighbor lady to take her shoes off because his uncle Artie Stebbins said she had crow's feet, calmly said,
1: "I'm my bad boy."
2: (laughs) Well, well, Crystal, where have you been? Why weren't you here fixing up the house for the party? Tonight? Oh, hey, Evan, I had to get down to jail to get my landlady out. You know, Mrs. Satchel Push.
4: Yeah. I had to get her out on
2: bail. She mean? got arrested for shoplifting. They finally caught her. Uh, I thought she mm-hmm. was too smart to get caught. Well, she made a mistake. She stole an alarm clock and hit it in her bustle. Well, how did they catch her? Her bustle went off at a quarter of eight. <laughs> well, never,
5: mind your landl-
2: never mind your landlady. Never mind your landlady. Did you send out the invitations for the party? Oh, yeah. I got them right here. Look what it says. What is it? Luke Costello invites you to a Christmas party to be held in his home. B-A-P-O-B. B-A... B-A-P-O-B. Yep. Yep. You mean R-S-V-P. Oh, no. I mean B-A-P-O-B. Bring a pound of butter. (laughs) Oh, boy. What a party I'm going to have. My Aunt May will bring her cranberry sauce. That's her specialty. Aunt Catherine will bring her plum pudding. That's her specially, And Ann Eva will bring her 14 children. That's, uh, uh, uh. That's a nice family. I yeah, am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> forget about your relatives for a minute, Lou. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you remember to get souvenirs for everybody? Oh, souvenirs. Yes. Yeah, I'm having favors for the girls. At 12 o'clock, I'm going to turn the lights off. Oh, yeah. Uh, any favors for the men? What do you call turning the lights off? Uh, <laughs> look, Stella, Who did you invite besides your relatives? Oh, a lot of movie stars. And I invited Lana Turner. And she kissed me. Well, that's to kissed you. The smoke isn't coming out of my ears for nothing. Come <laughs> on, <laughs> How about the tree? Yeah, did you get a tree? <laughs> did you get a tree? <laughs> oh, did I get a tree? Yes. I got the biggest Christmas tree well, you ever saw. Well. I just got through putting it in the living room. You did? What a tree! It's six feet higher than the ceiling. Well, it's a shame to have to cut the top off. That's the way I felt about it, too. Sure, sure. So I cut a hole in the ceiling. I <laughs> You cut a hole in the ceiling of our living room? Yeah, this will be the first Christmas we ever had a tree in our bathroom. Huh? <laughs> what? what kind of a tree did you get? Is it a fir? Oh, yes. It's one of those... What did you say? I said, did you get a fur? No, I got a tree. Uh, <laughs> oh, stop this silliness. I, I, I want to see your fur. See my fur? Certainly. What am I, a silver fox? No. no, no, <laughs> no I'm not talking about uh, fur. F-U-R. The fur. The fur I mean has an eye in it. Oh, the fur has an eye in it? Yes. Just one eye? Uh, Certainly, that's just why. One eye in fur. Must be I, J. Fox. No, 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 look. (laughs)
5: Please.
2: (laughs) Stand still when I'm talking to you. Yes, sir. I'm talking about a fur tree. Mm -hmm. Now, will you quit talking about the fur with you in it? You doesn't belong in the kind of fur I'm talking about. I doesn't belong in that kind of fur? Oh, yes, I belongs in it. But uh, you doesn't.
1: Uh, why should you belong in fur if I doesn't? I have to look better in fur than you do. I'm prettier than you. I'm cuter than <laughs> you. You bad no, boy. No, no remarks, no remarks. No, bad boy. Never mind.
2: I'm trying to find out what kind of a Christmas tree you got. Look, wait a minute. Here, I've got it. What kind of bark did it have? What kind of bark? Yes. Uh, didn't you notice the uh, tree bark? <laughs> no, I had my earmuffs on. No, no, no. It. bark, bark, bark. Oh, bark! Yes. <laughs> no, no. That no. fellow, the bark of the tree is the outer coat. Did the uh, tree have a rough coat? No, but the girl who showed it to me had on a smooth sweater. No. <laughs> and no time. No time for singing, please. Uh, the bark is the coat. Yeah. You find on the trunk of a fir tree. A tree has a trunk? Oh, of course. That must be where he keeps his coat and fur. No, Costello. <laughs> I'm going to try to explain it to you now. Word, yeah. All Christmas trees belong to the pine family. Oh, no, they don't. Oh, this yeah. Christmas tree belongs to me, brother. Wait a minute. <laughs> Let the pine family get the rose tree. <laughs> Forget the pine family, Costello. I don't think you know anything about trees. Who don't? You don't. I do. I make my own trees. Did you see them yourself? Did I see them?
5: <laughs>
2: yes, yes, I ask you. Did you see your own trees? Yes, I see them every day. I see them this morning. I see them last night. You can come over and see them time oh, you okay. want. Okay. How can I see them when you see them first? Look, Evan, what have I done in front of my house? Uh, trees. Did you see them? No. Did I see them? Yes. In other words, you looked at my trees, but you didn't see them. Uh, that's right. Let me smell your breath. <laughs> I don't know why I spent time with you. I was trying to tell you about the pine. Uh, we get tar from pine. We get what? A tar. Tar. Haven't you ever heard of pine tar? No, but I heard of a tree tar. Tree tar? Yeah,
1: clang, climb, clang, climb, climb, with the tree tar. Clang, 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 with the
2: tree tar. Lovely Connie Haynes repeats the song she helped make so popular.
1: With my high-dodge collar and my high-top shoes And my hair fire high up on my head I went to lose a jolly, out on the trolley And lost my heart instead With his light brown, derby and his bright green tie He was quite the handsomest of men I started to yin' through a count to ten Then I counted to ten again Clang, clang, clang went the trolley. Ding, ding, ding went the bell. Zing, zing, zing went my heartstrings For the moment of summer. I fell. Chug, chug, chug went the motor. Bump, bump, bump went the brake. thump bump, bump went my heart string. When he smiled, i feel the car change. He tipped his hat and took the seat. He said he hoped he hadn't stepped upon my face. He asked my name, I have some breath. I couldn't speak because it scared me half the day. Buzz the buzz, buzz went the buzzer, flop flop, flop went the wheel, stop stop, stop went my heartstrings. As he started to leave, I took hold of his sleeve with my hand and as if it were planned. He stayed on with me, and it was friend does to stand with his hand the mine to the end of the
2: line. Costello, what did we have to come downtown for? Oh, I gotta get some more spaghetti habit so I can finish trimming like Christmas tree. I couldn't find any tinsel this year, so I'm trimming a tree with spaghetti. And boy, does it look beautiful. Oh, what's beautiful about trimming a tree with spaghetti? Every time I plug it into meatballs, light up.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I do.
2: Go so with that silliness again. Hey, Adam, look who's in the car. It's that movie actress, Betsy May Mucho. Hello, Miss Mucho.
1: Hello, boy. Just
2: let us glad I saw you. I want to invite you to my Christmas party tonight, Miss Mucho.
1: Oh, I'm very sorry, but I have to go down to Los Angeles. I'm having a dinner party at the Ambassador Hotel.
2: <laughs> the Ambassador Hotel. <laughs> oh, sure, Rabbit. You know what the Ambassador is? That's the home of the Cuckoo Nut Gruel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it's going to be a thrilling dinner. Yeah. We're going to have crab, Louis, and steamed Qualms. Clon. Yes, don't you just adore Clong? No, I'd rather have a plate of Freud boosters. Well, I must be Steve along. I beg your pardon? I must be Steve along. Oh we just say. that's I sure
2: knock off those Spanish words, don't I? Well, that's one turn down for your party. I don't care, Rabbit. I don't care if you don't want to come. Well. Here comes my girlfriend, Lena Gensler. She'll come to my party tonight. She's madly in love with me.
1: Ah, there you are, you sawed-off Boris Karloff. <laughs> <laughs> Standing on street corners, flirting with girls. I wasn't flirting with any girls, Lena. I'm saving myself for you. Thanks, Faso, for saving so much. (laughs) I've got a bone to pick with you. I put some of that perfume you gave me on my hair.
4: Wait a minute.
2: I think it has a nice golden tint. Uh, What is it, Chanel number five? No, Kemto number seven. (laughs) Fire and all. (laughs) You little worm. Please, Lena, let's be friends. I'd never desert you, I'd
7: stand by you.
1: I'm as solid as the rock of Gibraltar. I can believe that. You're sticking out in the Mediterranean.
7: <laughs> look, Lena,
2: don't talk like that. I was just going to ask you to come to my Christmas party tonight. Are you kidding?
1: I'm going out with Van Johnson tonight.
2: Oh, Van Johnson. You always talk about Van Johnson. <laughs> Take away his fly curly hair. And what do you got left?
1: I don't know, but you can deliver it to my house in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Well, there's number two that ain't going to
2: come to my party later. go. look. Isn't that Mrs. Niles getting off the streetcar?
0: Oh, hello, Mr. Abbott. Do you always stand on street corners leaning on
1: a trash can? Oh, that's Costello. I didn't recognize him. <laughs> hey, he looks like the third day of the lost weekend. <laughs> you
2: know, I wish I hadn't said that, Mrs. Niles. I was going to thank you for that beautiful Christmas card I got this morning.
1: Oh, it really was nothing. It was merely a picture of me smiling.
2: I know it, but how did you get your teeth to spell out "Merry Christmas"? <laughs> That's sweet. Now stop that, or Mrs. Niles won't come
8: to your party.
1: I wouldn't come to his party anyway. No. I always put around with younger people. It helps me to keep young. Oh, in fact, I dread to think of life at
7: 70. Why, what happened then? <laughs> I've
1: had enough of you.
2: Goodbye. Well, it looks like you're not going to have anybody. That's the third turndown you've had. I don't care, Rabbit. Uh, let's go home. I'm going to call up some of my other friends. I'll get somebody to come. Here, come on, let's grab this cab. Cabby, drive us to North Hollywood. North Hollywood. What's the matter with Glendale? There's nothing wrong with Glendale. I don't live there. Oh, Glendale ain't good enough for you, huh? Go on, go on, Costello. Say it. Glendale is a one-horse town. Glendale ain't a one-horse town. Oh, then why did I lose my job with the city street department? Go on. Go on, don't stand there. Say it. Say, tell people I'm not a citizen of Glendale. Go on, say, I never even voted. You voted. You voted. You voted. Three times, huh? <laughs> go on, go on, start a rumor. Tell everybody I got paid when I voted. Merit heck, you didn't get a cent for voting. Oh, the six dollars <laughs> they gave me was for a dog license. <laughs> oh, now I'm a dog, huh? Tell everybody I'm a dog. Throw me a piece of liver. I wouldn't throw you my liver. What's the matter with your liver? All right, you tell me what's wrong with my liver. Get a load of this punk. Now, he wants me to go to school for four years, study day and night to be a doctor, just so I can tell him what's wrong with his liver. (laughs) Melonhead, I don't want you to go to school. Oh, you want me to be a moron like you? (laughs) Please,
1: please,
2: fellows, this this
4: is the Christmas season. Remember, peace on earth. Yeah,
1: Melonhead, why do you have to pick on me like this? Yes, Melonhead,
4: have you ever heard of the expression... Turn the other
2: cheek. Boys, you're right. I feel sorry for everything I said here tonight, and I, I'd like to turn the other cheek so I can feel the humility. Costello, will you please slap me? You mean that? Yes. You mean... Oh, I slapped you before I should, didn't I? That's
1: all right. I you.
2: <laughs> okay. Now, now, slap the other cheek. Here. Are you kidding? No. Oh. Hey. Thanks, Costello. You know, nobody would ever believe that Melonhead would turn the other cheek. Costello? Yes. Will you please write down on this paper here that I did? Oh, Sure. Sure. I, Lou Costello, slapped head on poor cheeks. There you are. I suppose you're going to show this to all your friends. No. I'm going to show it to my lawyer. I'll oh, he... sue you for a thought. I'll sue you for batteries. Get me a lawyer. Get me a junkie sure. Get me out
4: of here. <laughs> well, Costello, it's 12 midnight. Not a soul has shown up for your party.
7: I can't
2: understand it. I don't know. Nobody showed up for my party at all. I thought my girlfriend Lena would surely show up.
4: Yes. It's a shame that you aren't going to, to get to kiss her under the mistletoe. The what? The mistletoe. Didn't you ever kiss a girl under the mistletoe? No,
2: I always kiss them under the nose. <laughs> well, it looks like nobody's going to kiss you tonight. Yes, Abbott. All my friends have deserted me. I'm just a failure. Ah, no,
8: you're not, Costello. You're a big success.
2: No, Abbott, I'm just a complete flop. No, you're not, Costello. You're a great guy. No, no Abbott, I'm just a sort of little ugly-looking dope. Well, don't stand there. Argue with me. <laughs> oh, stop this, Costello, please. I'm going to bed, Abbott. Good night.
8: Wait a minute. Aren't you
2: uh, going to hang up your stocking? No. Santa Claus won't even come here. Now, that's wrong, Costello. Santa Claus loves everybody. He doesn't love me, Abbott. He don't. Santa Claus has never come to my house on Christmas since I was seven years old. I was a smart aleck little kid in those days, just like some boys and girls are today. I went around saying I didn't believe in Santa Claus. If a kid come up and said he believed in Santa Claus, I used to say, I got nothing but a sissy. There ain't no Santa Claus. That's your father but now I realize how long I was. I want to tell all the little boys and girls what happened to me. Let's all be children again. Let me take you back to Christmas Eve some 20 years ago. i had been out all day playing with my friends, Chowderhead Abbott and Skinny Niles. It was a beautiful Christmas Eve. Snow was falling, and you could see the lights on the Christmas trees. And all the I'm dreaming
4: of a white
5: Christmas. Just like the one to know.
1: Louis! Louis Costello! Coming, Mother! <laughs> <laughs> no. Louis Costello,
2: stop choking that cat. No! No! I'm not talking it, Ma. I'm trying to get the money out.
1: Well, there's no money in
2: that cat Oh, uh, yes, there is Last night when Papa's man poker, I heard him say Everybody put money in a kitty <laughs> Oh,
1: that's, that's for your father now
2: No, that was kind of a sneaky knot. It's probably the ice Man. Oh,
1: never mind the door I'll see who it is You go wash your dirty face
2: Mama, oh, why can I just go up and, 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 and cover the dirt with powder like you do? very, uh-huh. <laughs>
1: very
7: good, very good.
1: News. Why, that it's
7: the little you. Abbott boy and the Niles boy.
2: Uh, we came over to tell you what Louie did. He came over to my house and asked my mother to bend her head down so he could see her horns. You snitcher.
1: <laughs> why? Why, Louie, I'll tell you, naughty boy, what ever made you think that Mrs. Abbott had horns?
2: I heard you say that when she got dressed up, she looked like the devil. <laughs> Oh, she did either, Miss Costello. Louis said my mother keeps a cat in the box. Why, Mrs. Niles does not keep a cat in her icebox? Then why does everybody say she's got
1: a frozen push?
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you children, stop this arguing, and Louie, you get ready for bed right away. Santa Claus may be coming along, and it is now. Good night.
2: Gee, I can hardly wait until Santa Claus gets here. Listen, Kenny... I hear sleigh bells. Yeah, and I can hear him walking around on the roof. He's getting ready to come down the chimney. (laughs) Who built that fire in the fire? I did. But you realize that you gave me a hot foot. That isn't the way I planned it. Well, I'm sorry I'm late, boys. But I had to stop off at Betty Grable's house. Why did you have to stop off there, Santa? After spending a year up there in the cold north, he's got to thaw out someplace. <laughs> Quiet, Louis. Gee, Santa Claus, I, I hope you brung us kids some nice presents. Huh? Oh, yes, yes, I did. I brought some nice presents for you, Buddy Abbott, and you, Kenny Niles. But as for you, Louis Costello... You've been a bad boy. You hear? A bad boy. Santa Claus, did you have lamb chops for dinner?
1: <laughs>
2: I'll take care of you later, Louis. Here, Kenny and Buddy, here, you're present. Now run along home like good little boys. Gee, oh, thanks, yeah. Santa. That's all good right. Night, good night, night. Good night. Good night. Boy. Good night. <laughs> now, Louis Costello, I want to show you all the black marks I've got down here against you and my book. Now, here's a report from your Sunday school teacher. She tells me you put paper in all the pews last Sunday, that you put a cat in the pipe organ, that you put Limburger cheese behind all the radiators, and then you put a cat from a Coca-Cola bottle in the collection box and took out 15 cents cake. Now, what do you say to that? I'm a busy little bee, ain't I? Silence. You haven't heard the worst. I see that a few years ago you flirted with a little girl in school. Is that true? I'm afraid it is. And is it true that you gave her your class pin? What class pin? I was only two years old. I gave it the only pin I had. All right, all right. Let, let the whole thing drop. That's what happened. And finally, Luke, the biggest black mark against you is that you've got a book under your mattress. Yes, sir. Santa Claus, it's only a book about how to make tea the right color. How to make tea the right color? What's the name of it? Forever, Amber. Well, I guess that settles it, Louie. I'm afraid there's nothing I can leave you for Christmas.
1: Nothing? You mean just plain zero?
2: Yes, that's right, Louie. Maybe someday when you've learned to behave yourself, I may come back again.
1: Well, good night.
2: Gee, I guess I'm just the kind of a boy my mother don't want me to associate with. Nobody likes me. Even Santa Claus can't stand me. Buddy Abbott and Kenny Niles both got presents, but I didn't get nothing. I'm going to write a letter to my mom and my pop, and then I'm going to run away
7: from here. Dear mom and pop, when you read this, I will be thousands of miles away. Don't ever look for me because you're not going to find me. I'm never coming back. Maybe someday when I'm old, about 11 or 12, (laughs) after I make a million dollars, I'll come home and
2: I'll find a a nice new dress, Mom. And I'll give Pop a new pair of overalls. That's what he calls his happy clothes. Please take the fleas out of my flea
7: circus and put them back on the dog so they won't get homesick. And don't forget
1: to feed my little pet skunk twice a day. There's a clothespin hanging by his cage. I love you, Mom and Pop.
7: But this is the best way out. Your loving son... Louis Costello? Boys and
2: girls, girls, that happened over 20 years ago, and Santa Claus has never come back to see me to this day. Please, kiddies, take a lesson from me and be good boys and girls, so that next Monday night, Christmas Eve, you won't be waiting for Santa Claus that didn't come like I've been waiting for all these years. Oh,
6: come, Lou. I guess we'd better go to bed. Oh,
1: look.
5: Hey, look! the
1: Abbott! Oh, right. It's Lena and Connie Hayes, and it's Melonhead and Ken Niles. Oh, boy! You all came to my party. Yes,
2: yes, and I'm here, too, Louis. Santa Claus! You finally came and you even brought your horse with you.
5: What horse? It's me! <laughs>
2: Pardon me, Mrs. Niles. Gee, I didn't dream that anything like this was going to happen. I thought that nobody cared about me anymore. I was dreaming of a sly Christmas. I thought my friends had passed me by. Why, you know, Costello.
1: That your one fellow, that we all think <laughs>
2: You. You are loved by both the kids and old folks, though you have whiskers on your jokes. <laughs> <laughs> may your life be merry and high.
7: And may all your Christmases to me
5: help me, Mrs. Niles.
2: your local theater. Merry Christmas to everybody in Patterson, New Jersey. The Abbott and Costello Show will be back at the very same time next week. Don't miss it. This is Ken Niles in Hollywood wishing you all a pleasant Good night.
4: This is the National Broadcasting Company.
0: Here we go, Guys and Dolls, with Amos and Andy. Um, and uh, if you're familiar with old-time radio, you know who Amos and Andy were. They were um, two kind of crazy guys. <laughs> 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 uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I liked it. But I always have liked this show, especially the end of it. And weren't um, they near uh... the end of it. Weren't they two white guys who were playing the role of two black guys? I I heard it that way. I heard that mm. they were two white guys playing uh, playing um, black guys, and uh, I think they should have just gone ahead and gotten black men to play it. Um, well, there was way, lots it, of uh, talent back then. Yeah, talented, you know. Um, Black people didn't get to show their talent back then like they do now. So, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I, I think that's what they should have done. But they tell me that it's two uh, white guys playing the part of two um, two black men. But uh, I, I especially like the end of this show. So, um, give it a listen. I'd be glad to hear what you think.
6: Campbell Soup bring you Amos and Andy. received many Christmas greetings. Both boys are extremely happy and are looking forward to Christmas Day. As the scene opens now, we find Amos in the front room of his flat. Andy has just entered carrying a few packages. A small lighted Christmas tree sits on a table in one corner. In the back room, Amos's baby boy is asleep in his crib, and his little daughter is preparing for bed. Ruby and her mother have just gone out for a short while. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, come in there,
6: son. You look like Santa Claus there with all that stuff. Yeah, how is your boy? Oh, how fine. is Fine, very good. One. Yeah, same to you, dog. Don't that tree look good? Yeah, don't look pretty? Yeah, wait a minute. Let me lay these packages down here on the sofa. Oh, you making the rounds, ain't you, son? Yeah, making the rounds, spreading good cheer. Yes, yeah, sir. Oh, boy, that is a pretty tree, too. Yeah. Got a lot of lights on there, boy. Yeah, we
2: saved some of them from last year, and then we got another new string this year and added on to it. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, we just decorated that tonight. Mm -hmm. Ruby and uh, Mama is going out to take a few things to some poor people that they know here in town. They'll be gone about an hour.
6: Yeah, well, I'll leave these packages here. Leave these all of them? Oh, sure. Here's one for Ruby. Here's one for Mama. Oh. There's one for you right there. Oh, thank you. And there's a little rattle in here for your baby. Oh, gee, really, really? And here's a package for your oldest child, your little girl. Oh, well, I certainly sitting here Santa Claus is you, Andy. Thank you so much. Well, that's all right. I feed a lot of stuff over at my place from your house. Yeah, well, just like I told you, Andy, it ain't much, but we want you to know that we love you and we are thinking about you. You know that. Oh, well, Amos, I feel better this Christmas than I ever felt. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, when you open up your packages? Well, uh, the kids get up early, and, well, we all get
2: up and start early Christmas morning. Mm. And, um, by the way, don't forget, uh, you promised me this morning that you'd be here for Christmas dinner with us.
6: Yeah, 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 well, that show is nice of you, all right, because the other Christmas dinners didn't work out so good. Oh, it didn't, huh? Uh-huh. Well,
2: we want you here, so now we're going to count on that.
6: Oh, yeah, well, that's well. Well, I gotta get going, son. I gotta drop in on two or three people. Say hello to them. Yeah, well, I hate to have you rush off, Andy. Don't you want to sit down a
2: little
6: while? No, no, I'll get going, son. Just want to come by here and kind of wish you a Merry Christmas tomorrow. Uh Uh-huh.
2: Well, you know I wish you one,
6: son. Yeah, by the way, uh, you don't want to go with me now, do you? Stopping you know, on some
2: friends or something. Oh, no, and I can't. Uh, I'm going uh, on back goodness. now and see that the baby is covered up in the crib and say goodnight to Arbadella. Mm-hmm. You know, she wants to know all about Christmas. She can't wait till tomorrow.
6: Yeah, well, that's great, son. Well, Merry Christmas again. Well, to you, and thank you for the
2: packages, Andy. You're
6: welcome, Amos. You're welcome. So long. Sir. So long, son.
9: Bring forth the loyal tired, damn man crown yeah. Well,
2: honey, you was in bed, ain't you?
9: Daddy, can I turn on the little radio for a minute before I go to sleep? Well,
2: uh, just for a minute or two, I'll snap it on for you. There you uh, we let it warm up a few seconds. We don't want to wake up baby, you know.
9: Oh, baby's never wake you, my daddy.
2: Yeah, well, now, let me speak and you cover a little bit here. Mm-hmm. You said your prayer.
9: Oh, well, Mama heard my prayers before she went out, Daddy. Oh, that's good, yeah. The
2: Glad of all that all. The ball Taylor chorus continues with the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, well, now, you get under cover, honey.
9: Daddy, could you get some Christmas music on the radio?
2: Why, darling, this is the very best Christmas music you could get. This is the Lord's Prayer.
9: I can say no Lord's Prayer with Mama. He's been teaching it to me. Yeah, I know she is. What does the Lord's Prayer mean, Daddy? Well, it means an awful
2: lot. And with the world like it is today, darling, it seems to have a bigger meaning than ever before.
9: So what does
2: the Lord's Prayer mean? The Lord's Prayer... Well, darling, I'll try to explain it to you.
9: Oh, really, Daddy? Yeah, now, you lay
2: down and listen. The first line of the Lord's Prayer is this. Our Father, which art in heaven... That means father of all that is good where no wrong can dwell. And the next line is, Hallow be thy name. That means, darling, that we should love and respect all that is good. Oh. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That means, darling, as we clean our hearts of all hate and selfishness and fill our hearts with love, the good, the true, and the beautiful, then this earth will be exactly like heaven.
9: Oh, that would be wonderful, Daddy.
2: Then it says, give us this day our daily bread. Now, that means... To feed our hearts and minds with kindness, love, and courage, which will make us strong for our daily task.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: And then it says, "And forgive us our debtors as we forgive our debtors." You remember the golden rule. Oh yes, sir. Well, that means that we must keep the golden rule and do unto others as we would want them to do unto us. And then it says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That means, my darling, to ask God to help us do and see and think right, so that we will neither be led or tempted by anything that is bad. Mm-hmm. And then it says, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. That all the world and everything that's in it belongs to God's kingdom. Everything. Mommy, your daddy, your little brother, your grandma, you and everybody. And as we know that and act as if we know it, my darling, that is the real spirit
9: of Christmas. Oh, that's good, Daddy.
2: Well, darling, I guess I ought to turn off the radio and let you go to sleep.
9: Good night, Daddy.
2: Good night, my sweetheart. Daddy? Yes?
9: Will you leave the radio on when I go to sleep?
2: All right, I'll leave it on for a couple of minutes, and I'll come back and turn it off, and you listen to the Christmas music. Oh.
6: ties are renewed and strengthened. This year, more than ever, the real fundamental things in our life stand out from the trivial and inconsequential. The Christmas service at church has more meaning. The old words freedom, equality, tolerance, character take on new values, and most of all we realize the importance in our lives of the people we like most. Some of us, just as some of you, are fortunate to have our families with us this Christmas. Some of us, just as some of you, have folks in army camps, on ships, or on foreign shores. But this Christmas, there is a greater appreciation of family ties, of friends, Than in the past 24 years. We think of you as friends of ours. And as such, Amos and Andy and I, and the makers of Campbell's Soup, wish you with special warmth and meaning a Merry Christmas. In person will return to you tomorrow at this same hour. This is Bill Hay speaking for Campbell Soup, bidding you all good night. And inviting you to stay tuned in for Lanny Ross, who follows immediately on this station.
0: Okay, this next one, um is Bing Crosby Christmas and he had several Christmas ones, but um this one I didn't like because the reason oh, I didn't gosh y'all finally heard me say I didn't like something. Wow. Um <laughs> uh Victor's gonna make that a national uh announcement up on his uh it's a national on his treasure channel.
10: day, yeah. huh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but but I was really disappointed in uh in this Christmas show that I have here Because he mixed He mixed Other things in it besides Christmas when it was supposed to be A Christmas show And um, that just kind of disappointed me But um, y'all might like it Uh, But the thing about Ben Crosby Is he had several Christmas shows Maybe I can go up and see if I can find another one At some point But I had two and I didn't like Either one of them but Anyway, y'all let me know.
10: Where the blue of the night Meets the goal of the day Someone waits for
4: It's Bing Crosby in the Kraft Music Hall With John Scott Trotter and his orchestra Eugenie Baird, the Charioteers Charles Henderson and Chorus And in Chicago, the Kraft Choral Group consecutive Christmas, Bing has sung a Dusty Fidelis here in the Old Craft Music Hall. As usual, he'll sing it first in Latin, then with everybody joining him in English.
8: Surely this year, more people than ever before will want to raise their voices in a chorus of Come All Ye Faithful.
4: Bing, I think it'd be nice if folks at home would join in too, and folks all over the world.
8: We're certainly counting on them, Ken, and the home folks, wherever they may be, to help us sing this eternal hymn. God John Scott, Eugenia Baird, the charioteers, Charles Henderson, and the chorus, as well as all you men wherever you are and everybody at home all together in your family's favorite key, once through in English.
5: Oh, come.
8: very much. I think you folks listening at home, you ought to know where we got our wonderful support in the soprano and the contralto departments this evening. We're proud to welcome to the hall more than a hundred young ladies from Uncle Sam's Navy. They're on their way to a preview at Paramount Studio where they will witness a flicker dedicated to their own branch of the service, a little item called Here Come the Waves. I know they'll be captivated by the caperings in this picture of my very good friends Betty Hutton and Sonny Tufts even if they must suffer through the faintly antique antics of one of the older crooners. <laughs> Just to kind of limber them up gently for this harrowing experience, we've asked them to visit us first. And here they are, they're looking mighty sharp in their navy blue and white. I'm glad it is we are to see them. With those happy harmonists, the charioteers assisting, we'd like to salute our waves here tonight with that merriest of traditional melodies, Jingle Bells <laughs>
10: Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. What fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. What fun to ride and sing in a one-horse open sleigh. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. O'er the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells and bobtails ring, making spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing, slaying song to tonight. Jingle bells let In a one horse open sleigh, o'er the fields we go, laughing and scratching all the way. Bells on Bobtail King, making the spirit cry. Oh, what fun to ride and sing, sleighing
8: song tonight! Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Oh, we have a lot of fun.
2: Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh.
11: Ooh, yeah. That band is
3: really gone, isn't it, oh, put back in the bag.
10: Oh, a of Jingle 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 all the way. it is to ride
8: in a open Yes. Got to associate that melody with everything Christmassy. Got to, just as this next character is associated with everything around the pantry. Lay it in there, Jack.
4: I don't need to tell you ladies that there are just two more days of grocery shopping before the Christmas feasting really begins. Well, I do want to remind you of something for that grocery list tomorrow morning. It's Kraft Cheese Spreads for snacks on Saturday night or Christmas Eve or for appetizers just before the Christmas dinner. Particularly, I want to remind you that the four creamy varieties of Kraft Cheese Spreads take just two ration points apiece. There's Kraft Pimento and Olive Pimento Spreads, the Zestful Roca spread and craft relish spread with the bits of pickle all through it. Just set them out in their own glasses, put out some crackers, and snacks are ready. Sometime this weekend, you'll be glad, mighty glad, you remember to get some craft cheese spreads.
8: Our lovely lady with the dulcet delivery, Eugenie Baird, brings us a stardusty ditty now. I dream of you. Very pretty thing, too.
12: I dream of you more than you dream I do. How can I prove to you this love is real?
8: Of the season's top tunes, and deservedly so. I think it's number four on Mr. M.S.L.S.T. I'm making believe.
10: I'm making believe that you're in my arms. Though I know you're so far away. Making believe I'm talking to Wish you could hear what I say. I'm here in the gloom of my lonely room, we're dancing like we used to do. Making believe is just another way of dreaming. So till my dreams come true, I whisper goodnight turn out the light and kiss the pillow, making believe it's you. my lonely room, we're dancing like we used to do. Making believe is just another way of dreaming. So till my dreams come true, I'll whisper goodnight, turn out the light, kiss the pillow, making believe. It's you.
8: Charioteers come to us tonight laden with a message, thus combining happily entertainment and practical purpose. Knock it, men, right in yonder. <laughs>
4: Hey, Jack, do you know who's beat to his side? Who's that, man? Nobody but me. What's the matter, Bub? Been loading up a tanker all day long. Convoy's supposed to shove off tonight. You know one thing, Bub? You
8: really talk too much. In fact, your mouth is too big. Now, my advice to you is Shh. Don't talk too much. Shh. Don't know too much. Jack, don't be too hip, cause a slip of the lip might sink a ship. Shh. Don't see too much, shh. Don't jive too much, boy. Don't be too hip, cause slip of the lip might sink a ship. Now the
4: walls have ears, and the night has eyes. Let's be wise and trick those nasty, nasty spies. Shh. Don't
8: talk too much, shh. Don't know too much, boy. Don't be too hip, cause slip of the lip might sink a ship, shh. Slip of the lip might sink a ship Look out, Dipper lip, don't
10: let nothing slip Now the walls have ears and the night has eyes
8: let's be wise and kick those nasty nasty spies Shh, don't talk too much Shh, don't know too much Boy, don't be too hip Cause slip of the lip might sink a ship don't talk too much Don't know too much Be liking King Tut Now, he won't talk, cause that guy's dead So keep your big mouth shut Fine, men, very lovely indeed, very clever One of the most welcome cancions to come up from south of the border Is Cuando Vuelva a tu lado Yes, sir, which has been Englished into What a difference a day made
10: what a difference a day made Twenty-four little hours Brought the sun and the flowers Where there used to be rain, My yesterday was blue, dear. Today I'm part of you, dear My lonely nights are through, dear Since you said you were mine What a difference a day made There's a rainbow before me Skies above can't be stormy Since that moment of bliss That thrilling kiss It's heaven when you Find romance on your men What a difference a day Difference is you it's heaven
5: when
10: find romance on your men. What a difference today. And the difference is...
8: Today we have the pleasure of again welcoming to the Craft Music Hall a group of visitors who join us each Christmas season, the Craft Choral Club. A warm feeling of fellowship is the year-round Christmas spirit characteristic of this group of 70 of our co-workers in the Craft Chicago offices and factory. Theirs is the finest sort of appreciation of music, for they come together in their rehearsals because of a spontaneous desire to sing. They enjoy knowing, too, that they are part of an organization dedicated to comradeship of this kind. This Christmas tide, the Kraft Choral Club, on the direction of Lou Jacobson, brings us Henry Fry's distinguished arrangement of Beautiful Savior, a Christmas anthem based on a traditional folk melody, the Kraft Choral Club. Choral Club gives us now the beautiful and thoughtful poem by Florence Tarr, set to music by Peter DeRose, God is ever beside me. to the craft call group. And my eager associate is standing here practically a quiver at my elbow. He wants to inject a few happy holiday suggestions into your menus. Right in there? Hmm? Thank you.
4: <laughs> tomorrow night or Saturday or Christmas Eve when you're trimming the tree, somebody's almost sure to drop in at your house. Somebody who'd like to serve a cup of coffee or some refreshment along with a snack. Well, then be sure to order some of the seven delicious craft cheese spreads tomorrow morning. A few glasses of craft cheese spreads... Set out with some crackers or potato chips, and your snacks are ready in a twinkling. What with all the holiday buying, I suppose that point budget of yours is strained. So I want to mention in passing that four grand varieties of Kraft cheese spreads take just two points apiece. They're the perfect appetizer spreads. Pimento, olive pimento, roca, and relish. All creamy in texture, all delicious. Now, that grocery list for tomorrow's shopping is long, I know. So it would be a smart idea to make a note on it right now. Just jot down, Kraft Cheese Spreads. The folks will be mighty glad you're remembered.
10: Star.
8: fighting front. There are no silent nights, but there are plenty of holy nights. I'm sure that all of us are offering up prayers for the gallant gang of American kids to whom anything that has to do with peace still seems very far away. My own thoughts are a lot humbler than they were last year. I've talked and lived and chowed with these boys, boys whose courage and faith is something that that beggars description. Seeing those G.I.s kneel in a muddy pasture in France brought back to my mind the lines of an old familiar prayer that I'd heard somewhere along the line back home. God grant unto us an early peace and victory founded on justice, and instill into the hearts and the minds of men everywhere a firm purpose to live forever in peace and goodwill toward all.
4: Music all next Thursday at this same time with Bing Crosby, John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, Eugenie Baird, the Charioteers, Charles Henderson and the Craft Choir, and our guests, the Les Paul Trio. It's here, the season for bright, tempting dishes, for foods that smack of good cheer. So be sure to have some delicious golden Pabstet cheese food on hand. Pabstet adds a festive touch to holiday meals and lunches. Blends smoothly into a luscious appetizing cheese sauce. Makes delicious sandwiches and snacks, slices and toast to perfection. Look for Pabstet in the familiar round, flat package. Add delicious golden Pabstet cheese food to your holiday shopping list tomorrow.
0: Next is a guy that I just love. It seems like no matter what he's doing or where he was doing it, he was just so funny. Bob Hope. This is one of his Christmas specials. That's just all I have here is... Oh, no, no, no. I'll take that back. It's called Christmas Day in Berlin. But uh, he did several Christmas things. But this one is funny.
2: In cooperation with the United States Air Forces, presents the Bob Hope Show from Berlin, Germany. On Christmas Day, 4,000 miles away from home, thousands of American boys listened to a show that brought them a little bit of home. They were the boys who keep the airlift into Berlin running. The boys who have given up their Christmas to help strengthen the cause of humanity. Because of these men, a child eats who might otherwise go hungry. And the light of freedom burns more brightly in the world. To carry to these Americans overseas, something of the fun and spirit of America, Bob Hope and his gang at the request of the United States Air Force's flew to Berlin. What you are now about to hear by transcription is the very same show our men enjoyed Christmas Day. The laughter is their laughter. The show was their special show. And now, Lever Brothers Company, makers of Swan Soap, is proud to present Bob Hope. Germany for the boys, the airlift hope. So with all you guys, I'm here with Juan soap and Lon. Meet me
7: tonight in Platt's Dammer Club.
2: small life raft and a copy of Robinson Crusoe. <laughs> we bought some heavy long underwear in New York. We were doing all right too until just before landing the co-pilot stood up and hollered "Flat down. <laughs> look forward to this. <laughs> and we had one on. the Irving Marine was on the plane with us. He didn't help on around and all the way across he kept saying, How deep is the ocean? flying over there. I ran out of blanket, so I wrapped myself in newspapers, and the newsprint came off on me. When I landed, the monster plan was all over my chest, and the Congressional Committee was investigating my back. <laughs> General Clay was at the airport when I arrived. I ran out and said, here I am, General, all ready to go. He said, fine, get back out, we'll turn the plane
5: around.
2: <laughs> I wanted the boys to know I belonged, so I got off the plane singing Lily Lane." A whack stopped up to me and said, Oh, Miss Dietrich, you've gone and cut your hair off, did you? <laughs> but this certainly has been an unusual experience flying into Berlin. It's the first time I was
11: ever in a corridor and didn't have to worry about the house detective. <laughs>
2: Several Soviet planes started the buzzes, but the first Russian pilot took one look at me and said, They're oh, okay, look at the hammerhead and sickle. <laughs> I want to tell you, though, the good old Air Force hasn't changed. They make you spend an hour getting into a parachute, then fly so low you wouldn't have time to open a parasol. In fact, one pilot flew so low over a farm around here, milk started forming in the wings. Lucky the car was Streets
7: of everybody follows me yelling and cheering.
2: Any of you fellas know what swine hunt means? <laughs> you know, a lot of fellas, a lot of people volunteered to come over here for this trip, this Christmas trip here, and I now have the privilege of introducing one of America's all time great men of the airport. I get a special charge out of presenting General Jimmy Doolittle. Thank you, Bob. I'll take less than a minute of your time, but as an average American, I want to express the gratitude and appreciation of 147 million Americans back home to the soldiers, sailors, and airmen who are accomplishing the airlift. You are doing a magnificent job, not only for Germany and America, but for all humanity. I also want to express the appreciation of all of us to Senator Barkley, the Secretary Symington and particularly to Bob Hope, Irving Berlin, Jinx Falkenberg, the Rocket, and all of the generous and talented groups who are with them and are spending their Christmas here in order that they
7: may bring home a little closer to you. here to sing Slow Boat to China for you. Sister Bill Bell, hey there, <laughs> there is no better to this song, cause I don't want to wait a moment too long to say that. I'd love to get you on a slow boat to China. way short, <laughs> way out on the friday, where the moon is shining.
2: The folks back home are really latched onto to it. I'm sure you'll agree with them when you meet Miss Eileen
11: Ryan. Well, it was wonderful of you to bring me on this trip. You know, I've met some of our boys here, and now I know why the Americans do such a wonderful job on the list.
4: Really? What
11: do you mean? Yes, I'm great on the pickup. Miss Ryan, isn't that
7: sort of thing for the younger girls?
11: No, but I'm just arriving in my early 30s. Arriving at your 30s? Yes. Did you buck a headwind most of the way? <laughs> Say, the flying, how'd you enjoy your tempo here? Well, we're going to fly in a half hour's sleep on the outline. What are you, the... are you blushing about? <laughs> well, I don't get sick, off. I'll blink it the altitude of affected me.
2: Really? Well, altitude never bothered me. Yes, yeah,
11: but were you ever up on the ground before? You said I was climbed to
2: the top of Crosby's wall. <laughs> I enjoyed it just very much. this way, except I course, the time I got
7: sore as the
11: pilot. Well, you shouldn't blame him, Mr. Holt. He had to go back and run the ship. He couldn't stay there any longer, rocking you in his arms and rubbing your head with jerkin and
2: But please don't Don't give these fellows the impression that I wasn't brave. Well, it
11: wasn't so hard for you to be brave, Mr. Hope. You were wearing two party
2: suits. <laughs> I have to I built that way, and besides it gives me more safety. In case the first one doesn't open, I pull a string on the other one. What if that doesn't open. Well, I've got a helium valve in place of my shorts.
11: Yes. Did you enjoy the stop over a Oh, yes. I went shopping and I had a complete new outfit. I bought an off-the-shoulder blouse and one of those long skirts that trails on the ground. Then I had my hair done up in spit curls. Then I put on one of those French berets and they stopped me at the border. They did? <laughs> they did. <laughs> yes. The MTV shined a light on my face and said, Who are you? I told them that I was a girl from the United States and came in with the last shipment. He said, "That's the trouble with those steamship lines—they let things lay around the dock too long." <laughs>
7: Over again. Why, is there something wrong, Irving? Yes. You know, you've got the name room. Oh. It's Irving Jones. Irving Jones? Yes. I changed it. Anything over here named Berlin, they cut up into sectors.
11: <laughs> yeah, okay,
7: but, Bob, but I'd like to get serious for a minute I may. All right. All of us are deeply indebted to the Air Force for the job they're doing here on the Berlin Airlift. By way of showing my appreciation, I've written a special song. Every three minutes of every hour, an American plane goes winging to Berlin loaded with the food and fuel which keep two and one half million people alive. This is a tremendous job, as we know, and it's called Operation Bittle. <laughs> Not long ago, a group we called the Air Corps helped in the wall and took the bow. Not long ago, we cheered fight the fighting echo. Let's see what's happened to them now. Operation Ripple. We'll soon be on our way With coal and wheat and hay And everything's okay Operation Littles As in the air we go We won't forget the blow Or kiss to Uncle Joe We're growing fonder Of the wild blue yonder Hanging the buck Flying the truck No one here the little, the job that must be won, although the war was won, we'll dare, earning stripes and bars in our old great cars till the airlift lifts <laughs> <laughs> Operation- oh, <laughs> Gal who flew here with us so she could be with all you guys on Christmas Day.
11: One of America's leading beauties, Miss Jake Falkenberg. Thank you, Bob, and thanks a lot, gang. Say, you look very nice tonight, Miss Falkenberg. Oh, thanks, but you don't have to be so formal, Bob. Just call me by my nickname, Jake. What's your nickname? Well, I used to have one when I was a kid, but I don't use it anymore. They call me Pickle Nose. <laughs> smeller in a sour bag. Oh, Bob. <laughs> Jason, it's fun having you here, don't you? You know, I always listen to your breakfast program with your husband, Tex McClary, back in the States. Thank you, Bob. You know, we do the show right from the breakfast table. Yeah, well, we're going to do a broadcast like that from the mess hall here, but it didn't work out. Why not? Well, before
2: they could get started, a chow peeled peel the microphone, and ate it for an hour <laughs>
11: We got a chance to see this Christmas celebration over here. Oh, I meant to ask you, Bob, do these boys have a real Christmas tree? No, but they have something just as good to hang a few extra medals on a second lieutenant and plug them in. That stuff still plays, doesn't it? Hey, but the Army does treat these fellas royally during holidays. Oh, different than the rest of the year. Oh,
2: yes. On Christmas morning, each enlisted man is awakened by a gentle tug in his shoulder, and when he looks up from his bunk, 12 MPs are standing there singing jingle
5: bells.
2: <laughs> <laughs> After the MPs carry them in piggyback into the mess hall, the cook runs in with a flick gun full of beans and shoots them on the plate so that they spell out happy temporary duty.
11: these fellows pretty well. Why are they always so anxious to get passes?
2: Well, it gives them a chance to catch up on their reading. But <laughs> well, some of these fellows do go out, Jinx. See, I know one GI here who had a date with three girls every night, and each one is in a different sector.
11: Well, listen, if each girl is in a different sector, how can you get around to see all three? Well,
7: he's got a Hershey bar with wheels on it. <laughs> Let's show the folks
2: back home how the soldiers of three sectors make love to a girl. Well. And now we take her to Berlin, where an American GI is calling on his sweetheart. Come in.
11: Hiya, Beetle.
2: Well, plane just landed at Temple
11: Hall. Oh, Robert, it's good to see you. Come into the house and take your hat off. Okay. The matter, Miss? But do you love me, Reggie? Of course I do, Governor. <laughs> you make my blood run
7: hot. Which is quite a feat when you consider this half tea.
11: <laughs> you ever have a glimmer of gold?
7: <laughs> what do you say, old girl? Shall we be married
11: in a fortnight? Oh, I prefer a church wedding. Oh, Reggie! Your proposal has made me very happy. Good. Now, enough of love.
2: Who do you think will win next year's cricket matches? Oh,
11: please. We're engaged now. Take me in your arms and kiss me.
7: As you wish. (laughs) There you are. Well,
11: did you like it? Tell me, who do you think will win next year's cricket matches?
2: A soldier from the Russian sector. Come in. How'd you do, my? Oh no, that's all. It. sector. Good evening. Good evening, Comrade Darling.
11: Oh, it's you, Ivan. How are you? Very tired. I've been
2: on KP all day long.
7: Police? No, killing peasants.
11: And also the most
2: handsome, fascinating, gorgeous, irresistible, talented, beautiful man in the Russian sector. Would you like to kiss me? No. All right, I'll kiss myself. I do not understand how you can resist me, standing here so close to me. Does it make you weak? No. That's funny, it makes me weak. I've come here to ask your aunt in marriage, my little kinkichka. <laughs>
11: Oh, but do you love me,
2: Ivan? Well, this morning I sent an application to the Kremlin and also mailed two copies to the proper authorities, and tomorrow morning they will notify me. They will, they
11: will notify you?
2: Yes, tomorrow they will tell me if I love you. Now, <laughs> oh,
7: let us celebrate the occasion. I have brought some vodka. What is vodka?
2: That's a zombie that belongs to the Communist Party. <laughs> I have changed my mind. I have decided not to wait to hear from the Kremlin. I have decided that I love you.
11: But I thought it was you that you loved. That's
2: all right. I ain't jealous. Richka. <laughs> marry me. Oh, wonderful, Ivan. And maybe after a little while there
11: will
2: be a few, little Ivan. A few? The first year of our marriage we will have fifteen children.
11: Uh, fifteen
2: children in one year? How is that possible? Don't ask me. It's a new order from Stalin. <laughs> show that we could ever do, we thank you so much, and thanks to the fighting Air Force that daily
7: took its toll, now it's a humane Air Force, with heart and soul, dropping heat and cold, oh thanks for the memory.
2: Before we say goodnight and take our homeward flight, we wish you all a Christmas
7: that is Mary and his wife. And we thank you
2: so much.
7: Ladies and gentlemen,
2: the Berlin Airlift is the biggest thing that's ever happened to post-war aviation. And believe me, spending Christmas with the men who run it is the biggest thing that's ever happened to us. It's a great pleasure. Both we spotted last night and here in Berlin with a lot of the men of the ground force. You know, I've been singing thanks for the memory for a good many years, but I never expected to sign off a show and go off the air with the memories of thrilling as Christmas at Operation Vittles. Speaking of thanks, I'd really like to spread them around, and I'd say thanks to the gang making this Hollywood to Berlin and return John Withers, Jinx Falkenberg, Irving Berlin, Jane Harvey, Bill Fale, Tex McCrary, Irene Ryan, Tony Romano. They're the kind of people who make show business the business of the big, warm heart. And I want to put in a king size thank you for Larry Gelbart, Cy Rose, Mort Lockman, Al staff, Gene Wagner, Jim Sasser, Charlie Cooley, Jack Wimser, and my friend Jay Scott. They're the writers and directors and secretaries who put the airless at the top of their Christmas list. We couldn't have put on a show without them. And above all, our thanks to you men at the Berlin Airless. It's been wonderful spending Christmas with you, and I only wish the Statue of Liberty could talk. Because she'd take one look at the job you're doing and say, Men, you're not only lifting coal, you're lifting men's hearts. You're raising the iron curtain. And the torch in my right hand... You're putting
11: it in every heart in Europe. Good night, folks. And here's a little P.S. and the gang in the Berlin Airlift. Happy New Year! Ah!
2: You have been listening to a special broadcast of the Bob Hope Christmas Show from Berlin, Germany. You have heard the show transcribed just as it was presented to the men of our United States Air Forces abroad. This broadcast was brought to you by Swan Soap, the newer Better White Floating Soap. Swan, better for dishes, better for hands, better for babies, better for bats. Be sure to listen next week when Lever Brothers Company, the makers of Swan... Present the Bob Hope Show from Hollywood.
12: Mirror, mirror on the wall Is my hair best of them all
2: It is when you use Rave Cream Shampoo. Rave leaves your hair so clean, so soft, so easy to manage. Easy to manage because the pure lanolin in Rave is specially blended with other important ingredients to make hair behave, even on shampoo day. Try Rave Cream Shampoo. R A Y V E. Brave Cream Shampoo. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company.
0: Here we go. You know, at Christmas time, folks, you just can't believe out George and Gracie. So, yeah, this is uh, Burns and Allen Christmas, and it's called. Gracie's
2: Christmas. The makers of Campbell's Soup present George Burns and Gracie Allen Tony Martin and Ken Niles and Henry King in his music My sugar takes me with a grain of salt BANG <laughs> And this year. Meanwhile, this is ten nine. You know, I've been getting a lot of letters lately since I've been telling you about my extra special favorite Campbell's chicken soup. I get many that read like this. What you say about Campbell's chicken soup is absolutely true. I'm through making chicken soup at home now that I can have just as good, if not better, soup by asking for Campbell's. True? Why? Of course it is. And I know good chicken soup myself, so I can tell you why Campbell's has been the soup sensation of the year. And why women are buying three times as much as they did a short while ago. Now, this is why. It's that glorious, delicious chicken flavor. The through-and-through chicken richness. The golden glistening color. The snowy rice and delightful seasonings. And the pieces of tender chicken meat, too. Just like the best homemade chicken soup you ever tasted. That's why. And you can have it anytime you wish simply by asking your grocer for Campbell's Chicken Soup. Why not do that tomorrow? And here are George Burns
13: and Gracie Allen. <laughs> very much. Well, Tracy, say hello to everybody. Yeah, hello, Tony. <laughs> hello, Tony. That's everybody? Well, everybody that matters, if you know what I mean. Yes, I think I know what you mean.
2: Well, never mind saying hello to us, Gracie. I know you're very busy these days. Uh, by the way, have you got your Christmas shopping
13: done? My Christmas shopping can care- Oh, sure. It's all done except buying the presents. Uh, Gracie, why don't you buy your Christmas presents after Christmas? Well, that's what I'm going to do On account of you don't know what people need until the day after Christmas
5: I
9: know I'm heading for a headache
13: Now, for instance, after I get a present from a girlfriend, I can tell what she needs Mm. Now, if she gives me a handbag, then I know she doesn't need a handbag Because if she needed a handbag, then why did she give it to me?
2: That's a good idea I know, I made it up You ought to have it
13: stuffed i have a stuff what? The handbag? No, your head. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't get it.
2: You don't, uh... Henry, you look at my face and you do not know who she is? Henry, that was last week, remember? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Can't Say, step Henry, out of
13: character. Henry, what are you going to give the boys in your band for Christmas? Oh, I don't know, Gracie. What do you suggest? Music lessons. Not a bad idea. Good idea. Gracie, what are you going to give me for Christmas? Well, George, did you see those star sapphire cufflinks out of the jewelry? You mean the ones set in platinum? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, do you think Tony Martin would like them? You're giving Tony Martin star sapphire cufflinks? What about me? Oh, I think he he'd rather have cufflinks. Cufflinks? Cutlass. <laughs> you mean <in> cut glass. <laughs> you do, um. Cutlinks, <laughs> you, But Alan Spade bought me some cufflinks for my birthday.
2: Copycat. Copycat. <laughs> uh, hello. Who? Oh, just a minute. Uh, Gracie, a phone call for you, and the party said it's very important.
13: Oh, well, it's probably the sponsor. Oh, the sponsor, I yeah. guess he wants to know whether Tony Martin is through this week or next week. Mm. Never mind about Tony. Just answer the phone. All right. Uh, uh, hello, Mr. Chicken Soup. Mr. Chicken Soup? Uh, the That's yours. your first name. Yes. Uh, what's that? Sam Chicken Soup. It's who? <laughs> <laughs> now, you have to speak clearly. I don't recognize your voice. No, no, I don't remember meeting you. No. No, no, you must have the wrong party. No, Gracie, no. will you let me answer the phone? Hello. Oh, Just a minute, Gracie, it's your mother. Yeah. Oh. Oh, hello, Mother. I didn't know you were sponsoring this program. If it's your mother, she's probably sponsoring a of cell for your dating. No, please, Judge. Mother can't hear what she's saying. She's lucky. What? No, no, that was George's friend's mother. George Burns. <laughs> no, Burns. Burns. Look, Mother, if you light a match to the gas stove, what does it do? Oh, nothing? Oh, the gas is shut off? Uh, oh, oh. Gracie, Gracie, find out what she wants. What, Mother? Oh, you're wrapping the Christmas presents. Oh, goody. What's that? Oh, oh, you want to know whether you should wrap them now or wait until you buy the presents? Gracie,
2: don't make a quick decision. That takes a lot of thought. Well,
13: oh, not for me, Jordan. Mm. What, Mother? Oh, you don't know whether to buy the presents now or wait until you get money?
2: That's an idea. I think she'd better wait a little bit. Well,
13: Mother, (laughs) uh, why don't you borrow the money till Daddy gets home? What? Oh, nobody will loan you the money for 20 years. (laughs) Why don't you tell her to ask the warden, Grisly? Well, goodbye. Oh, by the way, Mother, how's Unky today? He's still dead, huh? (laughs) Well, that's good. Goodbye. Well,
2: that was a nice hunk of dialogue. Now, where was I? Uh, you were in a jewelry store picking up cufflinks for Tony Martin that Alice Faye has already picked out.
13: Oh, that's right. Yes. Uh, George, the next time I see Caruso, remind me to ask him if he likes to sit on this program.
2: Hmm. say Caruso is
13: dead. Well, oh, all right. Then you ask him.
2: <laughs> Look, there's one thing I'd like to explain to
13: you. Tony Martin doesn't feel like coming up here at night and making love after making love at the studio all day. Thanks, George. You're welcome.
2: Uh, now, Gracie, this morning I spent the entire morning kissing Simone, Simone.
13: Oh, the poor kid, you must be tired. Take me in your arms and tell me all about it, Tony. Yeah, he's
2: all in, yeah. Well, I rehearsed the love scene with her 20 times.
13: Oh, what you need is a rest, Tony. Let me sit in your lap. Tony,
2: so Simone, Simone kissed you 20 times. Mm, I'd like to do that. Well,
13: go ahead, Judge. I'll hold them for you, and then you can hold them for me. <laughs>
2: Uh, Tony, why don't you get Gracie into one of your pictures?
13: I'll bet I'd be, I'd be great as a heroine.
2: Mm, yeah, because heroine is a dope.
13: <laughs> oh, please, yes.
2: And after kissing Simone, Simone all afternoon, I did nothing but hug and kiss Janet Gaynor. Hmm. You spent
13: all morning making love to Simone, Simone, and all afternoon hugging and kissing Janet Gaynor? Yeah. Oh, just my luck to be out tonight, Chip. Same <laughs> as I...
10: Day is ending and the sun's descending in the west once more. Night is falling, I can hear love calling on the dear old city shore. Everybody knows that it's just a muddy river, but it seems like heaven on high.
13: When the moon is shining bright,
10: let me dream away the night, where the lazy river goes by.
13: No way, let us be,
9: just the river, you
13: and me.
2: Everything is still, all along the Mississippi,
10: ain't no one as happy as I. Oh, I never want to roam Let me live and make my home Where the lazy river goes by
2: Hang on out, Henry Come on, get on those blacks and
13: whites Trust me on down Yes, is. Everybody
5: knows
13: but it's just
2: a muddy river But it seems like heaven on high When
9: the moon is shining bright
2: Let me dream away the night Where the lazy river goes by
1: Get you away let us be Just the
13: river you and me
2: Everything is still all along the mist Ain't no one as happy as i Oh, I never
9: want to roam,
10: let me live and take my home. Where the lazy river goes by, where the lazy, lazy river goes by.
13: where the lazy river goes by from the picture with a banjo on my knee. Tony, you are swell. Thanks, George. Well, Gracie, how did you like Tony Martin? Oh, I think he's beautiful. Yeah, he's pretty. Um... You know, Gracie, uh, what uh, what do you want Santa Claus to give you for Christmas? Would a stocking hold all you want? Well, no, but a pair of Tony Martin socks would. I say, I say. Well, that's if
2: he's got a pair of socks.
13: Yeah. Well, now, just think. Two more days and it'll be December 25th. Yeah. And a week later, New Year's Eve. Yeah. Seven weeks from then wasn't his birthday. Mm. Five months after that, Fourth of July. Oh, Oh, well, well. Half of next year gone already and it isn't even Christmas yet. Mm. Time certainly flies, don't you think so? Yes, I
2: think so. Gracie, you forgot
13: April Fool. I'm coming to you, Judge. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. As people like Christmas, but personally, I like Labor Day much better than Easter. I kind of the Christmas trees. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you have Christmas trees on Labor Day? Mm-hmm. Then what will you have on Christmas? Well, I'll take the same as you do, George. only more ginger ale in mine. I don't know
2: what you're doing for Christmas, but I'm having a poor family for dinner.
13: Well, that's nice. We're having turkey. <laughs> That's
2: kind of different. With stuffing, yes. Yeah.
13: Not but checky stuff, You know. Take it easy. Just give a it a chance. Just, just speak of it. <laughs> oh, George, oh, let me talk. If it weren't for one thing, I could sit under the mistletoe and kiss Tony Martin to my heart's content. And what's the one thing? Well, who we wants to spend a dime for mistletoe? Hmm. <laughs> well, Tony, Gracie's got a mat on. Gracie, let's cut that out. I don't want to start talking about kissing the minute I get down to work. Well, that's what I say. Let's cut off the talking and get down to work. In the first place, kissing is unhealthy. Isn't that right, Henry? I don't know. You don't know? You've never been kissed? I've never been sick. Is that so? <laughs> Will you're me through me because she looked bad. <laughs> Tony Martin, I'm going to teach you a lesson.
2: You mean you're going to fire me off this program?
13: Oh, worse than that, I'm going to make you act in my Christmas play, And I'm going to do it sometime pretty soon right now. Are you going to do a Christmas play sometime pretty soon, right now? Yeah, I almost quicker than immediately. Well, let's not act hastily. Oh. Well, well I think that's going to be twelve, Gracie. Is
2: it another historical play?
13: No, Ken. It's sort of a kind of a special Christmas play I wrote called uh, Dickens' Christmas Carol.
2: Oh, I must be wrong. I thought Dickens' Christmas Carol was written by Dickens.
13: <laughs> that's what he thought, too. <laughs> that's what who thought Dickens? No, Carol, Christmas Carol.
2: Oh well, yeah, I know him very well. A tall fellow with Eddie. a face, he's
13: a... Well, don't be silly, George. Christmas Carol isn't a him. It's a house. Uh-huh. So, Carol's sister. Bell oh, Carol's sister, yes. Yeah? Very cute, too. Gracie, who's who in the screwy play of yours? You, hey, George. You're playing the part of the Scrooge. The stingy old miser. Well, I don't think I'll be able to read the script because miser saw. Oh, oh. I knew it was bad. I didn't like it. <laughs> oh, is it so? All right, so I'm Scrooge. Yeah, but we'll call you Scrooge Poogee. Scrooge Poogee. <laughs> and Boyce. Yeah. Boyce, you play The Three Ghosts. The Three Ghosts, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. Because you know this is a ghost-to-ghost program, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, right that. Ken. The Pacific Ghost, the Atlantic Ghost, and it's just ghosts to show you. <laughs> <laughs> and we all act in this play, huh?
1: Mm-hmm.
13: Oh, I know the play, Gracie. We're the three ghosts that come to haunt Scrooge. Right, Tony. Ken. Yep. You're the ghost of the past. Henry? Yep. You have to go to the present. And Tony? Yes? You... Oh, no, wait a minute. Oh, Tony, you can't be the ghost of the future.
9: Why not?
13: Well, it's because of the way you've been behaving. I'm... You haven't got a future on this program. Oh, no, I Do <laughs> you follow me, Tony? Yes, I follow you, Grace. Well, you better stop following me. I'll will get awfully angry. Mm. All right, Gracie, and what part do you play? I'm Mrs. Fezziwig. Mrs. Fezziwig? Yes. Who is Mrs. Fezziwig? Well, she's the wife of Mr. Fezziwig and the mother of all their fuzzy little toupees. <laughs> Fuzzy little cupids. Ha, <laughs> hey, And, um, uh, and what do you do in this play? Well, as long as the boys are ghosts, I have to be the ghostess. Ghostess? You mean you're a lady ghost? No, a dance hall ghostess.
9: Henry the music.
10: Some words like I love you were meant to be in a
13: song, I'm afraid to be right but above you. But I knew I was wrong when you came along away Where have you been all my life?
2: Now that I find you, my life will be
5: so divine. No.
2: I'm glad to talk on my favorite subject, Campbell's Chicken Soup. And if you can see the way Campbell's make it, you'd know why it's so extra delicious, just like the finest homemade chicken soup you ever tasted. Now, Campbell's used all the good tender meat of plump chickens, the kind of chickens you'd select for your own table. And they simmer the broth slowly until it's outstandingly delicious with chicken goodness, outstandingly delicious flavor. That's what has made Campbell's Chicken Soup such a great favorite in so short a time. So much so that women everywhere are buying three times more than they did a short while ago. And the minute you taste it, I know you're going to be captivated, too. If you want to make an extra special hit for the family, just taste before them Campbell's Chicken Soup. Don't put it off. Why not ask your grocer for it tomorrow? And now, for Gracie Allen's masterpiece, Dickens' Christmas Carol. Conceived, written, directed, produced, released, presented, and sponsored by Gracie Allen.
13: Yeah, and I'm pretty,
2: too. Quiet,
5: quiet.
13: Now, remember, George, your food's the miser. All your life, you've heard a jokes. And on Christmas Eve, the ghosts of the past, present, and future of radio come back to haunt you. I see.
2: They're still haunting for their jokes.
13: Yes. I am. And I'm Mrs. Fuzzywig the widow lady. And when the scene opens, you're at home in the attic, and I'm trying to get you to donate some jokes to the starving masters of ceremony. Well, this is going to be a nice play. Yes. Yeah. Ken the Cat. All right.
2: <laughs> Ebenezer Scrooge, the mean old miser at the airwaves, George Burns. Mrs. Loudspeaker Fezziwig, the nitwit of the network, Gracie Allen. The Ghost of the Past. Oh! Something he ate, I guess. Ken Niles. The Ghost of the Present. Tony Martin. The Ghost of the Future. Henry King. Time, Midnight, Christmas Eve.
9: Curtain.
13: Are you ready, Ghost? Yes. Yeah. Music.
9: <laughs> A
13: haunting we will go. A haunting we will go. A haunting we will
7: go. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Christmas Eve.
2: Bah. And everybody's happy. Bah. I am not happy. They call me Ebenezer Scrooge, the joke miser. What fools people are to be happy on Christmas Eve? Ha ha ha. I sure feel sorry for all the poor masters of ceremonies on a cold night like this without a joke on their backs. Rose! Rose,
13: let me in! Let me in! This
2: is Mrs. Mm. Come in and close the door. Close the door. It's chilly outside.
13: Well, Scroogey-Poogey, if I close the door, will it make it warmer outside? Mm.
2: It's a nasty snowstorm outside. I'm chilled to the bone. Well,
13: it serves you right for going without a hat. <laughs> very funny, Mrs. Fezziwig. I'll put that away with the rest of my
2: jokes. Jokes.
13: jokes. 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 <laughs> Shades of Al Jolson, Mrs. Fezziwig. Do you see this ghostly figure wrapped in a sheet? Oh, yes, sir. It's either Ma'am McGandy or a man without ma'am a coat and my vest.
2: Quiet. Speak, ghostly guest.
13: Who are you? What brings you here? Who am I? Uh, Where I play folks back in to hear my way. Cracking on radio, i want one There's no use in guessing my name. I'm confessing, Ooh. the
2: mayor of your <laughs> Well, what brought you here? I've come to haunt you, Scrooge, for stealing my jokes. You know. You yeah. know. Mm. I don't believe you're a cadaver. All I can see is an empty sheet.
13: Yeah, Eddie, where did you park your carcass? <laughs> Don't haunt
2: me, Eddie I'm Ebenezer
13: Oh, Eddie, Eddie I'm an old man Look at me I'm all bent over Yeah, from lifting everybody's joke Oh, that's Ted Lewis <laughs>
5: Hush, hush
2: <laughs> You've stolen my best joke I've got a goat in my house Who hasn't got a nose
5: <laughs>
2: Sleepy Hollow
5: <laughs> And,
2: uh, who are you? Hello again. Mm. I'm the ghost of Jack Benny. (laughs) Sounds like the goat of Jack Benny. You don't look like Jack Benny.
13: Well, George, if you were dead as long as Tony Martin, you wouldn't look like Jack Benny either. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, I
2: think I know what you mean. Eddie Cannon. Well, Eddie, what are you doing all dressed up in a sheet? Well, it's like this, Jack. This sheet is cut down the high cost of living. By wearing a sheet, I don't have to buy a suit. A collar or a necktie. When I come home at night in a sheet, I'm ready for bed. When I wake up in the morning, I'm already in a sheet. And instead of expensive cleaning and pressing bills, I can have my sheet washed for 22
13: cents a pound. <laughs> and don't I have to look for a collar button? No, no. <laughs> you get it, Jimmy? <laughs> Ken, you ought to be able to give an imitation of Hopper Mark. Well,
2: Gracie, Harpo Mark can't talk. Mm, I know. Mm. <laughs> well, Gracie, what's Eddie canter got that I haven't got?
13: Five
2: daughters. Mm. Well, Buck Benny, what do you want? Scrooge, I'm here to haunt you. You stole my joke, a joke that I originated, a joke that made me famous. We've got to go to our house without a nose. How does it smell? Terrible, Jack. I used it on my
13: program, too. Quick, Mrs. Fezziwig the pencil. It sounds like a new one. Jokes, 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 jokes. <laughs> ha ha ha. Well, really sort of a classic. <laughs> well, who are you? Good evening, folks. Welcome to Town Hall tonight. Mr. Allen. Mr. Allen! Well. You cannot leave down with an elephant, as the man in the kosher butcher shop used to say. <laughs> I hope to kiss a pig if it isn't Portland Fezziwig. Nice one, Kenray. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of surprised myself. I must be a mimic. What? You must be a mimic. You're a mimic. Mm. Uh, you mean you haven't any red corncob? <laughs> uh, well, Freddie Allen, have you come to haunt me about the goat at your house that hasn't got a nose? No. Not only am I a comedian, I'm a clever writer. I switched that joke. We've got a nose at our house that hasn't got a goat. Some twist. A nose that a nose without a goat.
5: <laughs>
13: well, maybe uh, it's Jimmy Durante. Jimmy Durante, the nose miser. <laughs> oh, wait. We've got a goat that's got a nose. But we've got a house that hasn't got a yard. Well, if
2: you've got a house that hasn't got a yard,
13: how does the goat play? Like Henry King. Uh, the pencil. <laughs> jokes, jokes, jokes. What's that? <laughs> the ghost of Major the gong. gongs. Mm. Well, it didn't have a very good ring. Well, you mind? What do you want for us? And the Westminster Chime? Oh, that's a very good joke, Mrs. Speziwig, for this chime of the year. Oh. oh, careful, Scrooge. Giving away those jokes, they'll be calling you Good Chime Charlie. Good Chime Charlie? <laughs> that's a beauty. Scrooge, <laughs> before I can...
2: Before I go, you yes. can do me a few favors.
13: Yes, Jack Benny. What favors would you like? Strawberry, raspberry, orange, lemon, lime. And Campbell's chicken soup. Thanks, mm-hmm. You're welcome. Well, goodbye, Jack Benny. Mm, goodbye and a Merry Christmas to you. Goodbye and a Merry Livingston to you, too. Mm.
2: <gasps> well, Eddie Canda, I've got every joke you ever used. I'm living on the fat of the land.
13: The fat of the land? Well, you must have Jack Renard, too. I've got him.
2: Well, I can't expect a joke from a miser like you, but I thought you might at least give me a little pun. <laughs> Goodbye.
13: Always nice to meet you. George? Eddie kent has got five daughters, and now he's looking for a little pun. Jokes, <laughs> jokes. Well, Freddie Allen, aren't you going back to town hall? No, I'm going nuts. Well, you're lucky, Fred. Uh, everyone else has a long trip ahead of them. Mm. Goodbye, Freddie. Goodbye. Cally-ho! Cally-ho! Henry, the music. Okay.
2: Now, Gracie
13: will sing I Love You from Coast to Coast. Sing it, Gracie. I love you has been said in so many ways It's hard to find something new Till I tried and I managed To call in all praise In praise of you It's my ambition Audition for a swell radio post. Not to tell you, I love you from coast to coast. It's not the money in the honey, that I keep thinking of more. It's the chance to romance you from coast to coast. Sometimes I start to pour out my heart in writing. But through a mic, the words sound more exciting. So if I get work on the network, honey, I'll sing you a told When I broadcast, I love you. I don't mean high I don't mean I'm strong. I don't mean Henry. I mean some folks
2: Those fine soup. Invite you to listen in and laugh with George Burns and Tracy Allen again next week. Meanwhile, remember that you can have the finest chicken soup you ever tasted simply by asking for Campbell's chicken soup. You'll find it to be the delicious, nourishing, old-fashioned kind. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Your station is K.H.J. Don Lee Los Angeles. Time signal courtesy Schaefer Pen and Pencil Company. Settle that perplexing Christmas gift problem with a genuine shaver, dry-proof, fountain pen desk set.
0: Okay, now we're going to put the strawberry and whipped cream on top of my sundae. And um, this week it's not off the wall. It's actually a Christmas thing. Um, And so what it is, is Lux Radio Theater. And... Miracle on 34th Street. Enjoy. Lux
4: presents Hollywood. <laughs> Legal the Company, the makers of Lux Brothers, brings you the Lux Radio Theater starring Edmund Glenn in Miracle on 34th Street. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. Irving Cummings.
6: (laughs) Greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. Our Christmas present to you is one of our 20 greats, which has become a modern Christmas classic, Miracle on 34th Street. So if you have any doubts as to whether or not there's a Santa Claus, I want you to meet Edmund Gwen in a moment when he will recreate his original role in this delightful 20th Century Fox picture. It's Thanksgiving Day in New York City. On a broad avenue adjoining Central Park, an annual event is being joyfully awaited. The spectacular parade presented by Macy's Department Store to held in the Christmas season. Away from the crowd are two of Macy's public relations experts. He's simply
7: wonderful, Mrs. Walker. Just look at him on that float. The most realistic pad cloth we've ever had. <laughs> Why, he didn't even need any padding, did he? Padding? But didn't you notice his tummy? It's so round, it's so firm. It's so fully packed. <laughs> well, now that everything's under control, where on earth did you find
11: him? I... I don't know. I just turned around and there he
6: was. And to think that the man whose place he took with. Was, <gasps> was intoxicated.
7: With a breath that could knock over a reindeer. Just think of Mr. Mason if Mr. Macy had seen him. if Mr. Gimble had seen him? Competition between oh. our stores is chopping
11: oh. up as it is. And the parade started. Let's stand at the curb. Not right. I, Mr. Shellhammer. I'm going home and relax. Anyway, I can see it from there. I live just around the corner. Oh, so you do. Well, see you
7: tomorrow, Mrs. Walker. And congratulations on finding the first velvet club...
6: In Naples' history. That's yeah, certainly a wonderful parade, Susan. Oh, just look at that clown. Gosh, what a giant. Giant, Mr. Geary?
11: They're not the faintest
6: giant. Well, not now, maybe, but in olden days.
11: Really, and... Mr. Gary? And you a lawyer?
6: Oh, well, what about Giant Jacky? You know,
11: Jack and the Beanstalk. Everybody knows
7: that's
11: a fairy tale.
7: And I agree with my mother. Fairy tales are
6: silly. Come in. Good afternoon. I'm Susie's mother,
7: the maid said right i Hello, up. Mother. I'm welcome. Right. Mr. Gary invited me. Hello, darling. Susie's
6: told me quite a lot about you, Mrs. Walker. She told me quite a lot about you, too. And I'm in the summer apartment. Oh, that's all part of a plot, Mrs. Walker. I'm very fond of Susie, but I also want to meet you.
7: At least you'll think. Santa Claus. Don't even mention the name. Why not, Mother? That Santa Claus, you see, the
6: last minute substitute.
11: But why?
7: Remember the way the janitor was last New Year's? Oh, my, cut it now. I see Susan doesn't wait in Santa Claus either. That's
6: why
11: right. She
6: never
11: has. Well, that's the end of the parade. Mother, I've been thinking. It's Thanksgiving, and there are only only the two of us. Couldn't we invite Mr. Gary? Well,
6: I. Oh, well, please don't bother. I'll, uh, I'll have a sandwich or something.
9: Oh, we have such a big turkey. Please, Mother, please. Did I ask all right, Miss Gary?
6: Susie.
11: Oh, you asked fine, Susan. Give me the three, Mr. Gary.
7: Hello. Is Walker. Yes, Mr. Shellhammer. Your said you made you a Thanksgiving dinner, but I just had to tell you, your Santa Claus was stupendous.
11: Well, thank you.
7: Mr. Macy himself wants it to be our toy department Santa
11: Claus. Well, fine. Can you hire him? I already have. Oh,
7: oh he's a born salesman. I just
5: feel
11: it. Good. We'll talk about it in the morning. Thanks for calling, Mr. Shellhammer. <laughs>
2: Here he is, Mister Showhammer. You're Santa Claus. Well, thank you, Alfred. Thank you. Ah, good morning, Santa Claus. Morning. Now, before you go to the toy department, here's a list of toys that we we have to push. Huh? You know, things that we're overstocked on. Oh. Now you will find that a great many children will be undecided as to what they want for Christmas. When that happens, you immediately suggest one of these items. <laughs> you understand? I certainly do. I right, now take the list, and Alfred here will show you to your throne in the toy department. And don't forget, you're working for Macy.
5: Mm-hmm.
11: Are you really fine kind of this? Why, of
7: course I am. What do you
11: want for Christmas, little boy? I want a fire engine. It's a real home that squirts real rough water. And I won't do it in the house. I'll only do it in the backyard. I promise. And I promise you will get your fire you engine. You see,
2: Mama? Yes. I told you. Get oh,
11: that's fine. That's just. I want to oh, thank Santa Claus, too. Yes, madam? What's the matter with you? Now, now, now. What's the trouble? Well, I told you before, didn't I? The kid wants a fire engine, but there isn't one to be had anywhere in town. Macy's ain't got any, Gimbals ain't got any, nobody's got any. My feet are killing me, and you say, okay, you get the fire ring. Yeah,
7: but you can get those fire rings in the next On Mexican
6: avenue, only 450.
11: Wonderful
6: Bob. Chun Hey, I don't get it. Oh, I follow the
11: toy market very closely. Macy sending people to other stores?
9: Are you kidding
2: Well, the one important thing is to make the children happy, isn't it? Whether Macy's or somebody else sells the toy. It doesn't matter. Don't you feel that way?
11: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, me? Yeah. yeah, sure. Only I didn't know Macy's did. <laughs> I don't get it. I just don't get it. Uh, who's next, please?
2: If I just way to
6: see Santa Claus. All right, little
2: girl.
6: You're next. Oh, but Of course, little girl.
7: You want some roller skates?
6: Well, you shall have them too.
7: And he has some fine skates here at Macy's, haven't huh? you,
6: Santa right. Claus? Oh, they're good skates, all right, but but not quite good enough. Now, I left some really wonderful roller skates at Gimbal's. I'm sure Gimbal's had just what this good little girl wants. Mr.
11: Shellhammer, Are you Mr. Shellhammer? Hammer?
6: Gimbal's? Oh, that's just what he did say. The... Gimbal's?
11: Uh, the fair old lady said I should speak to you. Uh, yeah. You. I just want to congratulate you and Macy's on this wonderful new stunt you're
0: pulling.
11: Mom. And now in a big outfit like Macy's, putting the spirit of Christmas ahead of the commercial. Mom. from now on, I'm going to be a regular Macy's cup. Mom. All right, Mortimer. We'll
7: go with Bill.
11: Department another day, Mr. Galing. Oh,
6: you certainly
9: know all about the Macy's store, don't you, Susan? Well, that's because my mother works here. But I still think it's silly bringing me here to see Santa Claus. Well,
6: I just feel it when you've talked
7: to him. Okay,
11: Mr. Galing. I'm certainly willing to try. What a fine young lady.
6: And what's your name, little
9: girl? Susan Walker. What's yours? Mine?
6: Chris Kringle. I'm Santa Claus. Hmm... Oh.
11: Oh, you don't believe that, eh? Uh
6: Uh-oh. You see,
11: my mother's Mrs. Waters. Oh. I must say you're the best-looking Santa Claus I've ever seen.
6: Really?
11: Your beard, for instance, it doesn't have one of those
7: things that goes over your ears.
6: Well, that's just because it's real. Just like I'm real
7: Santa Claus. Now, go ahead. Go on. Pull
11: it. Real?
7: Yeah. Now, what
6: would you like me to bring you for Christmas.
11: Nothing, thank you. Whatever I want, my mother
7: will get. It's a sensible
5: one doesn't cost too much, That's
6: oh. quite right, Susan. Mm-hmm.
7: Oh, no. Mother. Hello, Mrs. Walker. Hello, Mr. Gayling.
6: The explanation for all this is very simple. Your maid's mother sprained her ankle. She had to go home, so she asked me to bring Susie down to you. As long as we were here, I figured we might as well say hello to Santa Claus.
11: He has real whiskers, Mother. Susan, would you mind standing over there a minute? If you want
6: me to. I, uh, shouldn't have brought Susie to see Santa Claus.
11: Now, you're making me feel completely heartless. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't you see? I tell Susan that Santa Claus is a fable, and you show her a very convincing old man with real whiskers. Who is she to believe?
6: Yeah, that's
11: right, isn't it? When Susan was a baby, her father and I were divorced. Ever since
7: then, I've protected my child by teaching her reality. If you don't believe in fairy tales and fantasy, you can never be hurt at
6: this illusion. We
7: were talking about Susie, Mrs. Walker. And I must ask you to let me raise her as I see all right, dear. The, the store's going to close soon. Move on along to my
6: office. Alfred said you
7: wanted to see me, Mrs. Walker. Oh, oh, yes, come in. I, um, I'd be grateful if you'll please tell Susan, you're not really Santa Claus. Huh? That there actually is no such person. Oh, but Mrs. Walker. Not only isn't such a person, but here I am to prove it. No, no, you misunderstand. I want you to tell her the truth. Uh, Now, what's your real name?
6: Chris Kringle. And I always tell the truth. Hmm. Susie, I bet you're in the first grade.
7: Second grade? I mean your real name. Oh, that is my real name. My
6: goodness,
7: Susie, second grade?
11: Very well. I have your employment card right here. I'll look
6: it up on that. That's a very cute dress,
11: Susie. It's for Macy. We get 10% off. Oh. Do so you always tell the truth, do you?
7: Look at your own card.
6: Yes. Name, Chris Kringle. Address, Brooks Memorial Home, Great Neck, Long Island. You will call the home if you'd care to confirm it, Mrs. Walker. It's a home for elderly gentlemen.
7: Would you also like for me to confirm this? What's that? Date of birth. As old as my tongue and a little bit older than my teeth. Of Bruce, North Pole. Now, really? Why, I believe
6: you doubt me, Mrs. Walker. And
7: this tops everything. Next of kin. Oh, there. Sasha, dancer, pranker, and Victor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to have to do this, Mr., uh. Crinkle? But the, um. The Santa Claus we had two years ago is back in town, and I feel that we owe it to him to give him. Have I done something wrong? Oh, no. No, it's just. A... Excuse me. Hello? This is Mr. Shellham, Mrs. Walker. Oh, whatever you're doing. Mr. Macy wants to see us immediately. I'll be right up. I'm afraid I'll have to be very abrupt with you. I'll have to see Mr. Macy. You'll be paid for the full week, Mr. Kringle.
11: I'll send a check to that address.
7: No,
6: come right in, Mrs. Walker, Mr. Shellham.
11: Thank you, Mr. Macy.
6: Now, about this new policy you two initiated, uh, oh. Macy's Santa Claus sending customers to Gimble. But, but,
2: but I can explain everything, Mister
6: Macy. You don't have to explain a thing. Uh, look, look at my desk. Forty-two telegrams and over five hundred phone calls. Grateful parents expressing undying gratitude to Macy's Department Store. Would well, you? Oh, you don't say! Yes, and from now on, not only will our Santa Claus continue in this manner, but every salesperson in the
7: you mean if we haven't got what the customer
6: asked for, we... are to send him where he can get it. No more high-pressuring and forcing a customer to take something he doesn't really want. I, I think that's wonderful, Mr. Macy. Yes, yes, yes. We'll be known as, uh, as the helpful store, the, uh, the friendly store. The store that places public service ahead of profits. And consequently, we'll make more profits than ever. Now, as for you, Mrs. Walker, Mr. Okay. Shellhammer... You'll find a more practical expression of my gratitude in your Christmas, Uncle.
5: Oh, thank you, Mr. Mason. Well,
6: thank you. Oh, and, uh, and tell that wonderful Santa Claus I won't forget him either. Well, as a matter of fact, I'll tell him myself in the morning. Well, yes, indeed, Mr. Mason.
7: Good, good uh, night. Good uh, night. Good night, Mr. Mason. Uh, and thank you again, sir. For... Uh, uh, oh, oh, imagine a bonus.
9: Yes.
2: What's the matter
7: with you? Mr.
9: Shellhammer,
7: I. I just fired
2: him. You just
7: fired Santa Claus! Oh, no! Well, You couldn't have! Him. Oh, my dear, he's crazy, Mr. Shilhamer. He really thinks he is Santa Claus. I don't care if he thinks he's the Easter Bunny. Find him!
6: It was a frantic few hours that Doris spent last night rushing out to the Brooks Memorial Home in Long Island and assuring Miss Kringle that Macy's wanted him back as Santa Claus. So Chris is again presiding over the counted toy department, while in our office, Doris and Mr. Shellhammer...
7: Don't you understand, Mr. Shellhammer? That old man with the nice white whiskers insists that he is Santa Claus. He's out of his mind. He might even be dangerous. I've got to tell Mr. Macy. But maybe he's only a little balmy.
2: Anyway, you can't be sure until he's examined. We'll send him to Mr. Sawyer. Sawyer?
5: His personnel...
2: He's paid to examine employees, isn't he? Uh, and now, by the way, what do you think of this? What is it? A full-page ad. Macy's is running in tomorrow's newspaper. Macy's is running it?
7: But it's all about the other two, jewels and sandals I know, i know.
2: Mr. Macy's idea to help our customers
7: find what they want. <sighs> Revolting, isn't it? That <laughs> yeah, Santa Claus certainly has started something. Well, I'll get hold of him in his lunch hour and send him up to Mr. Sawyer. So I
6: changed my clothes, Mr. Sawyer, and came right up. Oh, then, that's your own beard, eh? Oh, yes. Hmm. Interesting complex in the back of that. Why do you carry a cane? I always carry a cane, Mr. Sawyer. Well, that is, when I wear street clothes. I carved this cane out of a runner from one of my own slaves.
7: What? that? What fine,
6: solid silver top.
7: Who was the first
6: president of the United States? Oh, give me a difficult one.
2: Like who was vice president under James Monroe? I am conducting this examination. Well, the answer is Daniel D. Tompkins. You're a,
5: a
6: rather nervous man, aren't you? <laughs> oh, you get enough sleep? My
2: personal habits are no concern of yours. What hand am I holding up? Right hand. How many fingers do you see? Three. Oh, dear, and you bite your nails. <laughs> Stand up. Feet together, arms extended.
6: Muscular coordination test? Oh, I've dozens of those tests.
7: Mr. Sawyer,
6: are you happy at home? <laughs> That will be
2: all, Mr. Kringle. The examination is over. Thank you. And it may interest you to know that I have been
7: happily married for 22 years. Very happily married. Delighted to hear it. Goodbye, Mr. Sawyer. Miss Clark.
6: Yes, sir? Get Mrs. Walker on the phone.
7: Yes, sir. But your wife, Mrs. Sawyer, she's called four times already. my big fat boy! You shut up and mind your own business. Yes, Mrs. Walker, sir. Hello? I was just going to call you, Mr. Sawyer. There's a Dr. Pierce stopping by this afternoon at three. Who is Dr. Pierce? He's the physician at the Home. I thought we might discuss Mr. Kringle's case with
2: him. There's hardly any point in discussing it, Mrs. Walker. Obviously, the old man should be discharged.
4: And so, Dr.
2: Pierce Kringle should be dismissed immediately and sent to a mental institution
6: Oh, now, just a moment, Mr. Sawyer
2: But he's deluded saying that he's Santa Claus It's a delusion for good
6: I've found he only wants to be friendly and helpful His whole manner suggests aggressiveness Look at the way he carries that cane Mrs. Walker Naturally, I can't discharge that loony
2: so when he exhibits his maniacal tendencies, please realize the responsibility is completely
6: yours.
7: Well, I'm right back where I started.
6: Oh, uh, Mrs. Walker, I assure you Chris Kringle has no maniacal tendencies.
7: But if there's the slightest possibility of causing any trouble, I... What trouble? Oh. All we need is for a policeman to ask his name. He says, Chris Kringle and... Clang, clang, Macy's Santa Claus ends up in a psychopathic
6: ward. Well, you can prevent that very simply. There must be someone here at the store who could rent him a room, then they could both come to work together. I just as soon he avoided that long train ride to Long Island anyway.
9: You mean
7: sort of take custody of him?
6: Do you think mm-hmm. Mr. Kringle would agree to that? Oh, I'm sure he'll agree. Well,
7: in that case Well, let's see. Who do I know who could rent him a room?
11: going to have dinner with us, Mr. Kringle.
6: Oh, thank you, Susie.
11: I'm also very glad you're going to live next
9: door with Mr. Galey. Why? Because you're nice to talk to.
6: mm What a fine young man that Mr. Galey is. Now, just think. Allowing me to share his apartment. Me, a mere stranger.
9: He did it because Mother it to him.
6: Well, anyway, I'm very grateful.
9: Shall I tell you what I did in school today? Oh, by
6: all means. Any games?
11: Yes, and a very silly game, too. They play zoo, and each child is supposed to be an animal.
6: But surely, they were just pretending. That's
11: what makes the game so silly.
6: Of course, in order to play games, you need imagination. Well, that's
11: when you see things, but they're not really there.
6: Well, yeah.
2: Yes, but to me, you know, imagination is a place all by itself. Now, you've heard of the French nation and the British nation. Well, this is the
6: imagination. It's a very interesting place, too. Yeah, how. How would you like to be able to make snowballs in summertime, eh? Or to be the Statue of Liberty in the morning, and in the afternoon fly south with a flock of geese? I'm
9: quite sure I'd like it, but oh!
2: It's very simple. Anyway, the next time they play zoo, you can be a monkey.
6: Well, I
9: don't know how to be a monkey.
6: Yeah, oh, I'll show you. First, you bend over a little, like uh, like this, see?
9: Now let your arms hang
6: loose, see, and like this.
7: Like
2: this? Yeah, that's fine.
6: Now put your hand
2: over here and start scratching. See? See? Oh, that's excellent, Susie. Yes. That's as fine a bit of scratching as I've ever seen. Now, now,
7: Susie, now start chattering.
5: Chattering?
7: Mm-hmm. That's it. Listen. See? That's it. And keep scratching, see?
6: Now, we'll do it together, eh?
2: Come on. Chatter and scratch and scratch and chatter. Yeah, that's fine, Susan. You're doing beautifully. Susan.
7: Susan you were still awake? Uh-huh. I just come in to say goodnight, Susan. Now, about Christmas. Must be something you'd like for Christmas. Well... I've
9: certainly thought about something, Mr. Kringle. Well, what is it? Well, huh? oh, tell me. It's right here on the night table, see? I tore the page out of a magazine. It's a picture of a house.
6: Oh, oh, that's what you want, eh? A doll's house.
2: Colonial architecture.
11: Oh, not a doll's house. A real house.
2: A real house?
9: Yes, and if you're really cynical, I shouldn't get it for me. No.
7: Now, now, wait a minute, Susie. Oh, what, what could you possibly do
6: with a real house?
9: Living it with my mother. And the backyard with a great big tree to put a swing on. Oh. And a garden up. Oh, well, why even discuss it? Oh.
7: Uh, Susie, could I keep this picture just, to, just in case?
9: Huh? I guess so.
7: Thank
2: you. Well, Mr. Gaines is waiting for me.
11: Good night, Monkey. Good night, Mr.
6: Kringle. Take oh. whichever bed you want, Mr. Oh, you're very kind, really. Tell, Tell me, you. Mr. Cayley. Just what do you do for a living? I'm a lawyer, no. Oh. Hayslip, Sherman, German, and McKenzie. Mm-hmm. And you uh
7: you like living here in the city? Oh, it's
6: convenient. Someday I'd like to get a place in Long Island. Not a big house, but Stop. one of those junior partner deals around that has it. Yeah, one of those little colonial houses, eh? Mm-hmm. It? Yeah, a little colonial house would be swell. Oh. You're, um... You're, uh, quite fond of Mrs. Walker, aren't you? Mm-hmm. A lot of good it does me. She lives in a cast-iron shell that's a little difficult to penetrate. Well, you must try harder, Mr. Galey. Huh? Uh, Mrs. Walker and that child are a couple of lost souls. And it's up to us to help her. Yeah. Oh well, well, shall I turn off the light? Oh no. no, no, no. I'm not going to be cheated out of this. All of my life I've wondered about it, and now I'm going to find out. Well. Does Santa Claus sleep with his whiskers outsider in that side? <laughs> oh. Outside, of course. Outside. By all means. The cold air makes them grow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Mrs. Walker, come
11: in. Thank you, Mr. Macy. I've just heard something very exciting.
7: <laughs> you yeah, have? Well,
6: let me tell you something very exciting. Our policy of being kind to customers has tripled our sales. Now,
7: what do you think of that? <laughs> wonderful, Mr. Macy. And Gimbals thinks it's wonderful, too. Gimbals? Gimbals are adopting the same policy. Well,
9: well is that so?
7: And it gives me an idea. As long as Gimbals are doing the same thing, why not
11: some pictures for the newspapers? Pictures? Yes. You and Mr. Gimbals shaking hands.
6: Shaking hands? R.H., Macy, and and, and Gimble?
7: Well, well,
6: yes. Yes. Well, why not? With Santa Claus. Oh, it's a great idea, Mrs. Walker. Macy and Gimble. Shaking hands.
2: No, 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 that's enough pictures, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, Mr. Gimble. Come on, R.H. Now
6: we'll go over to my store and get some really really good pictures. Just a minute. I have something here for Sonic. Here you are, Mr. Kringle. A check in appreciation of all you've done, Mr. Macy. That's most kind of you.
2: I didn't think you were that generous, (laughs) R.H. That's quite a check. What are you going to do with Mr. Kringle? Well,
7: I have a
6: friend. Dr. Pierce. He needs a new x-ray machine. Buy the machine through the store at 10% discount.
7: Nonsense! Come over to Gimble it up, gentlemen. Keep it
2: up. At ah. this ah. rate, my friend will have a whole
7: new hospital. <laughs> How did the pictures turn out, Mr. Gringle?
2: Oh, fine, Alfred. Fine. How about again checkers during lunch hour? Well, not today, Chris. Right? I, uh, I don't feel so good. Huh? What's the matter, Alfred? Oh, nothing much. Do you remember I was telling you how I like to play Santa Claus over at the Y and give out packages to the kids? Yeah. Well, I was telling Mr. Sawyer about it, and he says that's very bad. What? That uh, psychologically it's all wrong. Wrong? To be nice, nice to it. children? Well, he says guys who play Santa Claus do it because when they was young they must have done something bad. Oh. And now they do something I think is
6: good to make up for it. Oh. It's what he calls a... A guilt complex. Uh, uh, Alfred... What else have you found wrong with you? Oh, nothing much.
2: Just that I hate my father. Oh? I didn't know it, but he says I do. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, hey, could I have lunch? Later. Right now, I
6: have an appointment with Mr... Oh. What do you
2: mean,
6: breaking into my office like this? Are you a licensed
2: psychiatrist? What business is it of yours? I have a great respect for psychiatry and great contempt for meddling amateurs who go around practicing it. You shut up. You ought to be horse Taking a boy like Alfred and filling him up with complexes and phobias and... I think I am better equipped to judge that than you. Just because Alfred wants to be kind to children, you tell him he has a guilt complex. Hmm. Having the same delusion, you couldn't possibly understand. And don't you wave that aim at me. Either you stop analyzing Alfred or I'll go straight to Mr. Macy and tell him what a contemptible fraud you are. You get out of here. Get out before I have
6: you thrown out. There's only one way to handle a man like you. Well, maybe this will knock some sense into you.
7: Yes, oh, help. Oh, oh, my head, my head. Okay, oh, Mr. My Sawyer. God. Miss Brown. Miss Brown, get me the police. Get me Mrs. Walker. Get me the photographic ward at your Hospital. <laughs>
6: Chris, I've been speaking to the doctors here in the hospital. They said they have given you some tests. Oh, yes. Same old test, except this time you failed a path, Now, Chris, you failed deliberately. Why? Because I had great hopes, Fred.
2: I had a feeling that...
6: (sighs) Mrs. Walker was beginning to believe in me, and now... Now I discovered she was only humoring me all the time. But this wasn't Doris' idea at all. Mr. Sawyer had you sent here before she even knew about it. Why didn't she come to me, explain things? Well, because she didn't want to hurt you. No. But it's not just Mrs. Walker. Take Mr. Sawyer. Contemptible, dishonest, deceitful. It's normal I don't want it. But you just can't think of yourself. What happened to you? Matters to a lot of other people. People like me who believe in what you stand for, and people like. Well, like. Susie, we're just beginning. To... Chris, you're letting us down. Huh? Hmm? Yeah. Well, maybe you're right. Yeah. Of course, you're right. I will to be ashamed of myself. Let's get out of here. Yeah, now, wait a minute. You front your mental examination, but good. Oh, well, yes, so I did. Well, you're a lawyer. You fix it. Hey, hey, now look. I won't let you down, and. (sighs) You won't let me down. Now, Chris, take it easy. Look, uh, there'll have to be a hearing if you're going to be committed. It's got to be before a judge. Well? Well, if I can do anything at all, it'll have to be in that courtroom. Sit tight, Chris. I'll get an idea. (laughs) I'll have to.
2: Mr. Macy I certainly did Mr. Sawyer I brought my family to the toy department to see our Santa Claus
6: and our Santa Claus isn't there he's in Bellevue yes yes
2: he is
6: Mr. because he's a lunatic yes sir lunatic lunatic my foot now you listen to me Sawyer you get that case dropped right away or you'll have another lump to match the one he gave you but
2: it's out of my hands. Mr. Kringle goes to court in the morning all right you'll see that he's back in the toy department by afternoon
7: now get out of here
6: Oh, uh, Miss Gailey Miss Gailey Yes? I've been looking all over for you I'm Mr. Sawyer Oh, so you're Sawyer Uh, Yes, Uh, I I was just speaking to the court clerk And he said you represent Mr. Kringle Hmm. (laughs) Well, I represent Mr. Macy Then I'll see you in court Yes, well, that's what I wanted to speak to you about Mr. Macy would like to drop the whole case right now. You see, we are most anxious to avoid any publicity. No publicity, huh? Mm, that's very interesting. Then you will cooperate. You know something, Mr. Sawyer. You have just given me the idea that I've been searching well, for. Really? If I'm going to win this case, I'm going to have to have public opinion and plenty of it. Yes. And publicity is just the way to do it. No longer. No, no, Mr. No, uh,
2: Mr. Gailey. But Mr. Gailey. <laughs>
6: Look at these newspapers, Chris. Here, evening dispatch. Doctors doubt sanity of Santa who launched goodwill campaign. Oh, right. my. Daily bulletin. Macy's Santa Claus to have lunacy hearing. So what's this one? Uh, New York Express. Is Chris Kringle crazy? Hawk Chase coming, it is cry calamity.
2: You've driven the United Nations clear back to page five. <laughs>
6: But get a good night's sleep, Chris. We go before Judge Harper at 10 tomorrow morning. For a few weeks, a jolly elderly gentleman named Chris Kringle has been working minor miracles as Macy Santa Claus. But now his sanity has been seriously questioned. And in a crowded courtroom, Judge Harper listens patiently as the assistant district attorney summons Chris to the witness stand. Now, this is not a trial, Mr. Kringle. It's just a hearing, so you don't have to answer any questions. Now, then, sir, where do you live, please? Well, it seems to me that's what this hearing will decide. It... <laughs> uh, now, Mr. Kringle, do you believe that you are Santa Claus? Of course I do. That's all, Your Honor. Let's state rest this case. Well, Mr. Kelly... Uh, Your Honor, Mr. Merrick contends my client is not sane because he believes he is Santa Claus. An
2: entirely logical conclusion. Anyone
6: who thinks he's Santa Claus is crazy. Your Honor, you believe yourself to be Judge Harper, yet no one questions your sanity because you are Ah. Judge Harper, do they? Mr. Kringle is the subject of this sanity hearing. Not I. (laughs) Well, Your Honor, I intend to prove that Mr. Santa Claus... (laughs) Mr.
2: Mara, I thought you said this was a cut and dry sanity hearing. Well, I thought it was, Your Honor. Uh, in view of Mr. G- I'll have to retire back. Goodbye until. Hello. Well, kid,
6: wait until tomorrow. I'm eating my dinner.
7: Who's been subpoenaed?
2: Well, how do you think I feel about it? Yes, I'll see you tomorrow.
7: <laughs> who is that, dear? R.
2: H. Macy has been subpoenaed. Oh,
7: ah. Oh. What
2: does it make me look like a sadistic monster who likes nothing better than to drown
6: pussycats and tear wings off a butterfly?
2: Quiet, dear. Tommy's still awake.
6: Oh, oh, yes.
2: would break his heart if he knew what he doing. I'm doing
7: my job as assistant district attorney. Well,
2: I'm not so sure, but that I agree with him.
7: Mr. Kringle looks like a very nice old man, and I am persecuting him. I am not
2: persecuting him. I'm prosecuting him.
7: <laughs> I
2: like who, but there's nothing I can do about it.
7: You know something, Thomas? Sometimes I wish I'd married a poor well, plumber.
6: Well, if I lose this case. Harry Posh. R.H. Macy, huh? I wonder what he's going to pull tomorrow. <laughs> see to the witness, Mr. Kelly. Now then, Missy, if you, defendant, please tell us who he is. Chris Kringle, of course. Do you believe him to be of sound mind? Sound mind? <laughs> wish I had a dozen like him. Mr. Macy, you are on the road. Do you believe that man's Santa Claus? Oh, that's rather a delicate... Careful, i reach. think of those
1: headlines tomorrow. Macy and Mrs. Sandra
6: is You keep out of this, Jimble? I beg your pardon. What did you say? I know nothing, nothing, Mr. Macy. <laughs> well, I wish you
2: would. Now, Santa Claus. Yes, in my opinion, he most certainly is. Your Honor? Your Honor, there is no such person everybody, and you prove there is. Santa Claus. Your Honor, the prosecution requests an immediate ruling from this court. Is there or is there not a Santa Claus? Oh. Now, the court will take a. <laughs> Hello, and then. Hi. Charlie, who doing here? can an old fizz? And the U.S. men need it like you do now. This Kringle case? Well, I certainly don't see what they're making such a fuss about.
6: Henry, that Santa Claus you've got on. is dynamite, and you're coming up for reelection election soon. Charlie, you know what happened last night?
2: Martha brought the grandchildren. They, they wouldn't kiss
4: Grandpa. <laughs> they wouldn't
6: even talk to me. See what I mean? If you
4: rule there is no Santa Claus, you better
2: start looking for that chicken farm right now. I'm a responsible judge. How can I seriously rule that there is a Santa Claus? Because, up <laughs> if you.
6: the up they don't hang up their toys. supposed to be in those
2: stockings.
6: them. The toy manufacturers have to lay off them. By now, you've got the AFL and the CEO against you. And they're going to say it with votes, see? Oh, and the department stores are going to love you, too. Yes, sir, Henry. And what about the Salvation Army? they got a Santa Claus on every street corner, and they've taken a lot of money to help the poor. But you go ahead, Henry. You go in there and rule that there isn't any Santa Claus.
2: But if you do, you can count on getting just two votes, your own and that district attorney's out
6: there. One vote, Charlie. He's He's a Republican. <laughs>
2: The question of Santa Claus seems to be largely a matter of opinion. The tradition of American justice demands a broad and unprejudiced view of such a controversial matter. But your honor, this court therefore intends to keep its mind open. We shall ask for evidence on either side. But your honor, the burden of proof clearly rests with my opponent here. Can he produce any
6: evidence to support his view? If yes, your honor please, I can. Will Thomas Mara please take the stand? Who? Me? No, no, Thomas Mara Junior. I believe he and his mother are both in court today.
7: Hi, Papa.
6: Hi. Tommy, do you believe in Santa Claus?
1: I sure do. Gosh, he gave me a dang new sled last year. Mm-hmm.
6: Now, Tommy, what does Santa Claus look like?
1: Oh, well,
11: there he is, sitting right over there.
6: You're oh, road. <laughs> Tell me, Tommy, why are you so sure that it's Santa Claus?
9: Because my papa told me so. Uh, thank you, papa.
2: Thank you, Tommy.
9: Mr.
6: Papa? You... Uh, yes, you certainly will. Uh, Your honor. Don't forget,
9: that, Claus. Uh, this
6: year I want a football helmet. Don't worry, Tommy. You'll
2: get it. Mr. Kringle, if you don't mind. I'm sorry, sir. Your Honor, the state of New York concedes the existence of a Santa Claus, but in so conceding, we demand that Mr. Gailey stop presenting personal opinion as evidence. I insist he submit authoritative proof that Mr.
6: Kringle here is the one and only Santa Claus.
2: Now, Mr. Gailey, are you prepared to show that Mr. Kringle is Santa Claus on the basis of unprejudiced authority?
6: Well, uh, no. Uh, Not now. I need a little time. Oh, why not Not now? Uh, Tomorrow, Your Honor? Very well.
2: Court adjourned till tomorrow morning. (laughs)
7: Oh, brother. Now, come on, Susan, dear. Finish your supper.
9: But I can't, Mother. All these things you're saying in the newspapers about Mr. Kringle and Mr. Gailey. They're having this trial because he says he's Santa Claus. He's so kind and nice and jolly. He's not like anyone else I know. He must be Santa.
7: You know something? I think perhaps you're right.
9: Is Mr. Kringle sad now, Mother?
7: I'm afraid he must be. You
9: know, write him a letter. Maybe that'll make him feel better. Maybe that'll cheer him up a
5: little
9: bit. Uh, oh, postman. Postman? Are uh, yeah, lady? Would you mind taking this letter?
2: Oh, sure, lady. We're going straight down to the post office now. Okay, Lily, take it away. Uh huh. Hey, what do you know, Louie? You're not a letter for Santa Claus. Hey, here's a new one. Instead of North Pole, this kid's got an address to Chris Kringle New York County Courthouse. Well, the kid's right. Huh? Oh, yeah, sure. They got one trial down there. <laughs> he claims he's Santa Claus and the D.A. claims he's nuts. Hey, hey, I got an idea. How many Santa Claus letters we got down there when a dead letter her
6: who knows? Maybe fifty thousand bags and bags all over the joint.
7: You mean what's oh, lucky? Why not?
2: Wouldn't it be nice to get rid of them all? Will <laughs> it? Boy, oh boy, look, Louie. As soon as we get to the post office, and go see the supervisor. Hey, you know something? I thought we both get some all that. And since the defense has been unable to submit
6: one shred of proof that Chris Kringle is the one and only Santa Claus, and since tonight is Christmas Eve, I ask, Your Honor, that this hearing be
2: terminated without further delay. I protest I do have evidence. Five minutes ago, you said you'd not
6: During Mr. Mara's oration, the bailiff handed my client the evidence I referred to. What evidence? This Kringle, Your Honor. Oh, yes, Mr. Kringle? It's from Susan
2: Walker. She believes in me. This letter means more to me than anything in the world.
6: That letter was delivered by the United States Post Office, an official agency of the federal government. The Post Office Department is one of the largest business concerns in the world. Last year, it did a gross volume of over $1 billion. And this year... Your
2: Honor, I'm sure we're all gratified that the Post Office is getting along so well.
7: But what bearing is it got to do on the sanity of that
2: man?
6: My point is that the Post Office Department is a model of efficiency. Furthermore, the laws of this
2: country make it a criminal offense willfully misdirect mail or intentionally deliver it to the wrong party. The state of New York is second to none in its admiration of the post office department. We are very happy to concede Mr. Galey's claim. For the record, Mr.
6: Maron? For the
2: record, anything to get on with this
6: case. Thank you. Your Honor,
2: that letter just received by Mr. Kringle is... Positive proof that a copy Your Honor, one letter is hardly positive. I have further exhibits, Your Honor, but I hesitate to produce them. Come on, Mr. Galey, put them here on my desk, Your Honor. I
7: said put them on my desk. All right, boys, bring it in. You're up. Your Honor, a- what is this? Empty those mail sacks on Judge Harper's desk. Yeah, but, but we got six truckloads out there. Bring them in. It'll be fine for contempt of course. No, Justice. That's we'll, we'll sure. do it. We'll do it, Your Honor. Through line, through swing, through courtrooms, anything. We go over. Daily, <laughs> Your Honor, every
2: one of those letters in every one of those mail sacks is addressed to Santa Claus. The post office has delivered them here. Therefore, the post office department recognizes Chris Kringle to be the one... And only Santa Claus. Since the United States government declares this man to be Santa Claus, this court will not dispute it. Case is me.
7: Oh, for heaven's sake, get this mail out of my courtroom. Of
6: course, I came straight to Mason to see you, Doris.
7: Chris, I'm so glad you won. Thank you.
6: Well, we're having a big Christmas party at the Brooks' home tomorrow morning. I'd like so much to see you and Susan there.
7: We'll be there, Chris. Couldn't you... Couldn't you come home now? Have dinner with us? Now?
2: Tonight? Me? Oh, my goodness, Doris.
7: It's Christmas Eve. Alfred. Alfred, look. Look
2: who came all the way out here to the home. Just for our Christmas party. Chris, it's Mr. Mason.
9: Yes, and Mr. Gimble, too. Oh, excuse me, Alfred. Mrs. Walker and Susie have to leave now, and I... Have... Mr. Bradley, you've got so many presents. Not the one I wanted. Not the one Mr. Criggle was going to get for me. Well, what was? It doesn't yes. matter. I knew I wouldn't get it. But I thought he'd at least tell me why.
6: Susie. I'm sorry, Susie. I tried my best.
9: You couldn't get it because you're not Santa Claus. Susan, just a nice
11: old man like Mother said. But I was wrong
7: when I told you that.
11: You must believe in Mr.
7: Kringle and keep right on doing it. You must have faith in him. That doesn't make sense, Mother. Faith is believing in things when common sense tells you not to.
11: But Mother, you always Susan, said... Susan, just because things don't turn out the way you want them to the first time, you've still got to believe in people. I Hello, Mr.
9: Doris Fred Mr. Gary. Merry
6: Christmas, Susie
9: Doris, you just go here and we're just ready to leave
6: oh, I've been here And if you're ready to leave, I'll drive you home So before you go, here Here's a map I've made for you You will miss a lot of traffic About four miles south, you will see Ashley Avenue That's the street you want Ashley Avenue Thanks, Fred. and Merry Christmas Merry Christmas to you, Fred And to you, my dear And to you, Susie
9: Mr. Kringle, I do believe. I do. It's silly, I suppose, but I do.
7: I don't understand it. Fred, the map Chris gave us definitely says Ashley Avenue. You've been on Ashley Avenue now for... Stop the car! Stop the car! Please! Susie, what is it, darling? What's the matter? <laughs> there it is! The house! The house! Susie! It's in the world. She's running into that house. At least there's no one home. It's brand new. It's just
6: been built. Oh, yeah, for sale
7: it's...
2: for sale?
7: What on earth is that child up to? Oh. Susie! Hey, Susie! Oh, come right down. You know you shouldn't run around in other people's houses.
9: Strange? No. No, I mean this house. I've seen this house somewhere. I know I have. Maybe in a magazine. Mother, it's our house. It's the one I asked him for, Mr. Kringle. Mr. Kringle? I know it is. Oh, you were right, Mommy. You were right. <laughs> Mommy told me the things didn't turn out just the way you wanted them at first. You still got to believe. And I kept believing. And you were right, Mommy. Mr. Kringle is Santa Claus.
7: Now where are you going?
9: In fact, to see if there's a swing. There is one, Mommy. There is one.
6: You told her that? Unbelieving. believing. Well, you told me Jeff. <laughs> the uh, sign outside. It's a sale, hmm? Well, we can't let her down, can we? I never really doubted you. That's my silly common sense. Oh, it even makes sense to believe in me now. I must be a pretty good lawyer. <laughs> I take a little old man and legally prove to the world that he's Santa Claus. Now you know that. Fred! What? What's next? There.
7: In the corner by the fireplace. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, no! No! It can't be! No,
6: couldn't. A cane. Chris's cane? There couldn't be two caves like this Anywhere in the world
9: Silver handle and all
6: Hey You know something Maybe I didn't do such a wonderful thing After all Edmund Teddy Gwett <laughs> This is the third time you've been our Santa Claus, Teddy And it was delightful as ever <laughs> My favorite part, serving, because every time I'm Santa, I
2: get
4: letters from those pretty luxe girls. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> right from the New York Story, with the as Fred, Andy Ironall as Susan, William Carleton as Mara, Holly Barr Sawyer, Bill Boucher as Macy, Herbert Field as the Judge, and Yvonne Paye, Harry Shearer, Mary Jane Croft, Joe Forte, the Carson, Chef Rankin, Howard McNear, Sam Edwards, Herb Bygren, and Eddie Mar. Original story by Valentine Davies. A radio play.
0: it for this week um, and uh, we hope you've enjoyed being with us and um, I hope that you'll tell other people about the show and if you want to contact us um, you can contact uh, Victor at whoseblindlifeisitanyway at gmail.com you can connect with him on Twitter at BlindWhose, B-O-I-N-D-W-H-O-S-E. Um, you can connect with him on Facebook as whose Blind Life is it anyway. Um, me, I'm on Facebook, just simply Monica Jones. Um, you can connect me, with me at coffeegal 62 at gmail.com, that's c-o-f-f-e-e-g-a-l-6-2, at gmail.com. Um, or you can connect with me on Twitter at moni60, i six zero. So, um, I wish every one of you a happy holiday season and, um, join me back next week. Because I'll have some more Christmas for you. Bye-bye.